we just lose? Why would you do that? We're in the end game now. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the IPC podcast, also known as the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. And we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, but also coming to you through the power of Podbean and iTunes and Google Play. And however you listen to podcasts, we don't care. As long as you're listening and you're here with us, and obviously you are because you can hear me, um, that's kind of how this works. But uh, we have another amazing episode tonight for you guys. Uh, we're going to be continuing our thing. Yes, we're going to get to Harry Potter. I promise you. We're going to get to it eventually. But right now, we're focusing on the holidays. It's coming up very, very soon. And we're going to be continuing our top five holiday films discussions tonight. We're going to be looking at your submissions, all your top five lists that you submitted tonight. And if you're in the chat right now, you can actually go ahead and submit one of your own if you haven't already, um, and we'll try to grab it as we go live. But, uh, uh, you know, we also got some other things in store. Um, a little little trailer for a little tiny, teeny, tiny movie called Avengers Endgame just dropped. We're also going to be talking about that a little bit and maybe maybe a couple other things as well. But before we get into it, of course, introductions are in order if you're new. My name is Ben, and joining me, as he always does, it is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. Zach, what are you up to? Well, I'm just trying to make sure that my microphone behaves for me because I heard that snap, crackle, and pop right before we went live again. And I just can't figure out why it wants to misbehave tonight of all nights. We just it's don't want only, you going low again. It's it's only one of our biggest episodes of the year. No big deal. Like, uh, okay. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about the stuff that we've got to talk about. Like you were saying, Avengers Endgame. We also got a Captain Marvel trailer with, uh, with some more... Uh, really interesting elements that we're going to break down tonight. And honestly, dude, top fives are one of my favorite episodes that we do here on IPC. Totally. Not to discredit anything else that we do, but I love getting to read off other people's lists because there's no two lists that are ever exactly the same. And yet at the same time, we also find a lot of common threads. at the, Like, like uh, apparently a lot of people think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Even yeah. though like there have been surveys that have definitively proven it is not, but whatever. We're going to touch on that and all kinds of other things tonight, and uh, I heard a third chuckle out there in the background. We're not alone tonight, are we, Ben? 
No, we are not. We had to call in some reinforcements tonight with uh then we had to had to call in part of the podcasting avengers or what i like to call them anyway um we've had dominic on a lot lately of course with harry potter and all this kind of stuff it's been a lot of fun having him on but we got to get the other of uh, one uh, one third of the star wars wonderful podcast <laughs> on here to uh break down some trailers and talk about some holiday movies from the star wars wonderful podcast and channel 1138 it is mr chris siegel chris What's up? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Felicitatious Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. Uh, I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah, basically, the reason why I'm here is just it's been too long since I've been on the show. That that, that's, that's really why. I literally was just bugging Ben the last two weeks. Like, I need to be on the show. I need to be on the show. <laughs> and, we, and you know, and we all know that we don't have a Star Wars movie coming up that gives us gives us an yeah. excuse to all get on the show on the same That's time true. so uh we had to do it like this yeah so i'm excited um this is a really fun top five i i i, I did not take me very long to to make a list and then it ended up being 20 and then i had to figure out how to make it five <laughs> <laughs> yeah the struggle is real problem. see last week we had the uh, availability to break up our top fives in TV specials versus movies, but tonight we just kind of mushed them together, and so I had to look at my two different lists and be like, okay, mm. what's going to make the cut? What's not going to make the cut? I had it at 10. I had to narrow it down to 5. It's not exactly the easiest thing to do because I enjoy so many different elements of the holiday season, and to just try and pick 5, it's a lot harder than it sounds. Like yeah. Even when you're saying, oh yeah, I can come up with five easily, you end up coming up with like 25 or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and our, our friend Katie is, is a victim of that as well. She had like seven or eight that she listed and we're like, we're only reading the first five. And she's like, okay, fine, read these five then. Because it's just, it's just so, so hard to try and take such a broad spectrum and narrow it down. I might have a tie in one of the places and I might also have a collection of similar things in another spot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I've been there like one of like like those those questionnaires that ask you what are the five things that you would take with you on a deserted island? <laughs> Uh, like one of the things that I would everything put in, in my fridge, everything right, in my right. I would put my fridge and its contents, or I think one of the things that I listed was my hat collection. And if you've seen my house, I've got like a hundred hats, and so I can I can I can try and like spread it out as much as I can just by just by the phrasing of it all. So I get it, and it's all in good fun, and we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight talking about all those lists. But like Ben said, we've got some news that we need to cover. I think we just need to cover the biggest news and the most recent news right off the top. Uh, for those of you that have not seen it, I would highly suggest pausing this episode and going and watching it right now. Although I imagine that since it's been out for the last 12 hours, you probably have seen it by now. If you haven't, you either have no internet or you have no interest in this movie. Either way, you have no point in listening to this podcast any further. Just saying. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. We finally have a title. We finally have a trailer. Hey, Miss Potts. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the
the record being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. did exactly what he said he was going to do. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. We lost, all of us. We lost friends, we lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. This is the fight of our lives. This is gonna work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm gonna do if it doesn't. What do you guys think of this? What was it? Two minutes or two and a half minutes that we got from Marvel entertainment today. Just, just spur of the moment off the hip, off the cuff, initial impressions go. Chris, by all means. Okay. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. I I think something that I had heard before going into watching this trailer, I, I don't know if it came from an official source or if it came from um, somebody who leaked it or if it came from somebody who told me and I'm, I'm breaking the law by telling you. But I heard somewhere at some point that all this promotional stuff for this movie are going to come out of like the first 10 minutes of the movie, which makes sense because, you know, there, there's probably so many spoilers that abound about what, what happens. Yeah. So I was going in expecting to see just a little bit of a taste like not like the best moments of the movie not like all this cool stuff but just just kind of like this idea for how it's going to start what the what the kind of tone of the movie is going to be at the beginning and that's that's exactly what this trailer was it was it was the setup for for the movie and, and kind of introducing the characters that are going to be bringing us in and the, the scenes that are going to be bringing us into the movie um and uh i like everything that i that I see so far, and uh, I, I I like how Marvel still still has that sense of humor, even though half, half everybody's dead. Yeah, I I really I really like this trailer, even though it wasn't what I was expecting, and maybe not what I wanted. But I understand that maybe what I wanted, you know, wasn't like you know probably isn't what I need right now. And you know we're I mean we're we're four months away from this movie. I mean that that's hard to believe that we're we're pretty close to this movie being done. They they have moved it up to April. That was one of the announcements they made today was that it's coming out April twenty sixth, my birthday, and uh, yes. so so that's gonna be cool. 
but uh, we're getting in a month early, or, or a week early, I should say, you know, in another month. But, uh, you know, I think it didn't give us a whole lot. It was it plays more like in a, an epilogue for Infinity War, which is fine. And we really could have, like, we could have seen it like, they could have released this after Ant-Man and the Wasp, and there would have been no spoilers or whatever. There really is nothing, I think there's a lot of details, stuff like that, we'll try to get into. But uh, I liked it because it didn't show a whole lot. Like, I get it. It's not, it's more of just a tease. It's really not a whole lot to it. But I do, I really like it. And, and so as a massive fan of Infinity War myself, I love just getting a little taste of the immediate aftermath. And you do get some confirmations in there. It's not set five years after Infinity War. It's set probably just a few weeks or at most a few months after that movie. And just getting the characters' reactions, and then of course getting the teases of like, "Hey, Ant Man's alive! What's going to happen there?" Um, and and leaving out huge things like, you know, there's no Avenger score in there. There's no music. There's no familiar music. There's no Captain Marvel. There's a lot. A lot of the characters aren't in there. Like, so they really held back with this one, and that intrigues me. Okay, I see where you're coming from. I wasn't impressed. I get that impression. I, I I told I told you guys at the at the like five or six hours ago to to bring your cans of soup because I was gonna be dishing out some hot takes. Mm. Uh, I've mellowed a little bit because I've had some some conversations with other people that have maybe brought me down off of my high horse a little bit, Ben included. And I I, I get it, I do, but do I like it? No. I mean, in all honesty, I was going to be seeing this movie anyways. And I think a lot of people are, are kind of in the same boat that I am, where you really don't need a whole lot of promotional material to get me into the theater. I could have been satisfied with the poster and the release date that came with the poster. And, and just telling me what the title was. We could have had plenty of speculation about Endgame from that. Just about everything that I saw in the, the trailer, as people are calling it, I still see it more as a glorified teaser. But the, this trailer that we viewed, almost everything we could have assumed. The only two things that really caught me by surprise or or that mildly intrigued me was the idea that this movie is supposedly hours maybe days after the events of infinity war and somehow cap is now completely clean shaven uh okay i guess he visited (laughs) the bathroom sometimes after all his friends were turned to dust he had to he had to wash his face to get the black panther out of his whiskers i don't know but somehow he's he's clean shaven now which Okay, and then we we see Hawkeye sporting a sword instead of a bow and arrow. Right. I mean, those were like the only two things that I'm sitting here going, okay, that's interesting. But I mean, seeing Tony Stark aboard the Milano, yeah, that's to be expected. To, To see everybody back at Avengers HQ, yeah, that's to be expected. Anybody that's seen Ant-Man and the Wasp knows that Ant-Man is alive. That's to be expected. There there just wasn't a whole lot in there that made me think, wow, this is different. Wow, this is adding to the story. And 
I know, I know that I know trailers aren't supposed to add too much to the story because then it just gives everything away. I get that. But at the same time, as a, as a consumer, I need a little bit of something. And the tiny little bit that I got with Cat being clean shaven and Hawkeye with a sword, you know, it, that wasn't enough. I was already convinced, you know, and that's what's weird about this analysis that I'm giving is I was already convinced I was going to go see this movie. But it wasn't like this trailer would have convinced me if I was on the fence about it. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, here's the thing is uh, I don't know if you can have it kind of both ways like if it's a movie that everybody's gonna see then you kind of don't want the trailer to give away something at all because you want to save as many surprises as possible now if it's a movie that other people you might not see then yeah you need to you need to start showing it and obviously like most movies you see almost all the movie in the trailer like some of the biggest moments in most movies are in the trailers and it's just like a super cut of the movie so i kind of understand why they would go this route and i understand why i heard that you know that that they're really only going to use the first ten minutes of the movie for the promotional material for a while because, again, it's like every uh, if there's one movie that's a safe bit to hit hit hit, hit a billion dollars next year, it's this movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is yeah. this is people are going to see this, and so I I, I kind of uh, they kind of know that they have to put out a trailer because they still got to keep people interested and thinking about it because that's just what marketers do. Um, so they're like, all right, if we have to put out something, let's just, you know, take the first 10 minutes and show the opening parts and from the first few scenes and a couple funny moments and that's it. And I see why they're doing it. And I, I'm not mad. Like I, I, and I think another difference too, for me is like, it's not, maybe I would be a little bit, have a different feeling about this. If this was star Wars or a franchise that I was like really, really, really into and like followed like religiously. And like, mm-hmm. I wanted like a morsel to like, you just a bit of the movie early, almost you open a Christmas present before Christmas. Like right. maybe that's, and maybe that's how kind of you are feeling. And like a lot of people are feeling is like, you didn't get anything. And I, 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 I get that feeling. But for me, for someone that like, I'm just going to go and watch this movie and I'm not really going to think too much about it until I watch it. I don't need to see everything in the trailers because that's for me. I think that would take away from the experience of watching the movie. Yeah. I, I think my only, if I had to level a criticism at this trailer and just like how the marketing, the, what, like this is the, the first bit of marketing today, like of, of Endgame. Like we just now learned the name, like we're just now learning about this movie. But like, if I had to level a criticism, it would be like, we could have, we could have gotten this information. We could have got the title. We could have got the the poster and even this trailer like months ago, and it really wouldn't have changed much. Like you know, and yeah. they kind of held back on like, oh, this is a big spoiler, big big spoiler, and even down to the Russo brothers at one point saying, oh well, no one's guessed the the title of this movie, and like I, someone pointed out on on Facebook or Twitter, like. That's the number one choice. Like that was the number one speculated title. Endgame. It's a good title. I think it's a good title. Um, but like I get, I think I get why they would do it. I think Infinity War being the impact of that movie, you don't want to just immediately follow it up with a trailer for the next movie. Like you don't want to just go, hey, okay, we're done. You're, let's go to the next one. Like let Infinity War sit and do its own thing, and then you know. We're at the end of the year now. We're going into the new year. Remind people, hey, next year, this is coming. It's happening. 
Um, so I think it was a good tease. I think I think I think one of your I think one of your things that you said on on Facebook, Zach, is that it it's not really a trailer; it's just a, it's just a teaser, and it's a fair point. I mean, it like it's it's it really is just a big tease. It's just a long thing. You just get like the whole opening thing is one scene with Tony, which it's great, but ultimately you don't learn much. It's just Tony Stark being even more desperate and uh, you know and uh, hopeless than he normally is. Yeah, he's just being super melodramatic and he's basically like writing a, a farewell letter like most dying people do it's like okay bye <laughs> like like i know for a fact that that isn't how he's gonna die you know after all the stuff that tony stark's been through you think he's gonna die of starvation and lack of oxygen that's not how they're gonna kill off the iron man that's not how they're gonna do it so i mean that that whole sequence it's nice to know that he's still thinking about pepper but it's also meaningless to me he's not going to die that way if he does after all the stuff that they did to him in the previous movies after all the stuff they did to him in infinity war that's how they're going to kill off tony stark slash iron man no yeah totally totally <laughs> no that's tony not stark how rest in peace happen. that's not how wow. it's going to happen and so it's just I, like like I like I like I was saying on Facebook, it's it's a teaser, and it may tease a lot of people that are just hoping for some kind of Avengers content, but it was all so vague and it was all so veiled that it almost felt meaningless. I feel like I would have had more fun speculating the name Endgame if all they had dropped was the name and the poster. Hmm. And that's I, I it's it, like I said it's a weird position to be in because I'm already seeing the movie, but it's like if my hype for Endgame was at an eight, I see this movie, I I see this this this, this teaser for the movie, and it's still at an eight. It didn't make me more excited. It didn't make me less excited. It's like okay, that's a thing what's next the thing is though i don't know if anything could make me more excited for this film i mean I, again like the oh, i'm not I, i'm not a giant i'm not a giant fan of i'm not a super fan of of marvel i'm a casual fan most of the movies i watch it once and i'm done with it i watch infinity war like two or three times at least in theaters like and that's something i don't do usually with movies so i was like definitely feeling this movie more than 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 most movies and uh it ended in such a way that you know i really wanted to know what was going to happen next because it felt like half of a story and so of course i mean it's it's like kind of like taking the movie and like cutting it in half and like watching half of just like infinity war and then saying like oh now you need to see like a teaser and something new and interesting for like the second half of the movie to be interested in it like, I don't have that feeling at all. Like, I'd have that feeling for uh, something like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I would probably need to see a trailer to get a little more hyped up for that because those are kind of self-contained stories. But because this is, like, this one long story, and especially, like, Infinity War and Endgame feel like a part one and part two to the same movie, like, I don't know, I just... Th th watching the Infinity War was enough of a trailer or a teaser that I needed for Endgame... Um, and I, I don't, and as far as the, the name goes, like, 
because they're pulling something directly out of the film. I mean, that's something that's that's a phrase that uh, Doctor Strange said. Like, I, I feel like that there's not any more speculation to be had about that being the name of the movie than by just what Doctor Strange meant by saying that in Infinity War, which we've already had those conversations. Yeah, it's not... I think that maybe... Like, I like the title, especially I like it better than Annihilation, just me personally. I love it. Um, but uh, it, uh, I think... It, it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination, you're right. And it is like, I mean, it's even like other people have pointed out to me, like, you know, Tony Stark says in Age of Ultron, like, he's talking about the the, 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 the hole in space that he went through and talking about how that was the end game. Like, they've kind of, oh, that's, they've, right. that's a kind of a, a word that keeps popping up in these movies and to have it as a title is pretty cool. But uh, it don't also, it's like, we know this is the end game. We know something big is about to happen. It's just what? Um, so I was hoping they would pull something out of the hat that we hadn't heard, but and there was other people speculating, and then I don't necessarily trust anymore because <laughs> they were saying that it was definitely not in game, and they were also saying for like a month straight that oh it's coming tomorrow, it's coming tomorrow, it's coming tomorrow. No, it never came. Right. So I got kind of miffed at, at some certain people on Twitter. You know who you are, who were just like obviously just <laughs> playing people and just like, hey, I know when the trailer is. Pay attention to me. Give me those likes and retweets just because. And I actually don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, nah. really quick, I want to kind of get into the actual what's in the trailer because and thing. And I'll start with you, Chris. Like, what was like the big? Was there anything like big standout for you? like imagery or something like that that really intrigued you in this trailer? Well, um, I think the thing that was just that, that, that I like the best is, and Marvel just continues to be like, so like memeable. And like, I just, I just love all the kind of the jokes that kind of like came out of the trailer. Cause I had that thought when I first saw, um, uh, Iron, Iron Man's helmet, I first thought that that looked kind of like Kylo's mask too. Yeah, like, you're right. I, I it that was literally the first thing I thought. Of. I'm like, am I watching a Star Wars trailer? Like, what, what, what's going on? So when I saw that meme, I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, and then you know, I love the meme about how you know people are thinking that that Captain Marvel's gonna come in and save the day, but it's actually Ant Man. <laughs> like, that's funny too. So um, yeah, like there there wasn't anything big in the trailer that like you know, got me the same way that I think things are going to get me when I watch the movie. Because, again, they didn't put those things in the trailer on purpose. So there was nothing that I really gravitated to. But I did think I, 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 I had some some of the, some of those thoughts while watching it, and I like how a lot of other people had those same thoughts, and then it was kind of turned into a meme and a joke. Like, that's cool. Like, I, 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 I did that movie, Infinity War, the, the memes and the online discussion about that film was, like, at, at like, a whole other level that I don't think I'd ever seen before culturally. And I, I love how that's continuing. Like, that's great. Yeah, the the way the memes, like, that's always fascinating to me, especially with Star Wars and Marvel, because those are the biggest ones that always inspire the most memes and stuff like that. And it's always really funny and really fascinating to see how it develops. Um, but, Zach, and I know you're not totally enthused about this trailer, but there was anything, was there anything in there that, like, that you were, you know, intrigued by or, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the, the the biggest one that that really grabbed my eye was seeing Hawkeye with a sword instead mm. of a bow and arrow. And That's cool. 
based on the articles that I've read up on since then, he apparently identifies with a, with an alias by the by the title Ronin, R O N I N, not to be confused with Ronin the Accuser, but Ronin is a masterless samurai, a lone warrior. And the identity has belonged to multiple people over the course of Marvel Comics, one of them being Clint Barton. Now, the the interesting thing to to kind of speculate on is during that sequence when we see him show up and and the like the voiceover that's happening, Cap's talking about losing people, you know, losing family, friends, and at the very end, right as Clint's taking the hood off. He says something to the effect of part of ourselves. I can't help but wonder if Clint took on the Ronin identity after Thanos snapped his fingers and Clint lost his family. Mm. And that makes the most sense considering that the excuse that they give for Hawkeye not being in Infinity War is that they were affected by the accords. They they made a plea deal. It was hard on their families, and they're on house arrest for whatever, and kind of laying low. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole excuse. And of course, we see that, you know, in in Ant Man and the Wasp. You know, Scott Lang does that, and we'll get to him in a minute. But uh, like, you can only imagine. I mean, what else would drive Hawkeye to do to be like this? Like to seem right. so he looks broken. And I know mm. everyone in this movie, except Scott Lang, <laughs> looks broken um, and looks like, you know, you can imagine, like, even if you didn't lose somebody close to you, you probably know somebody you lost. And, like, just the whole, you know, process of losing half the population of everywhere um, weighs deep. But also, I mean, and, it, and it's funny how within the circles of, like, the Avengers, like, it isn't half most of the time, like... Most of the people in Infinity War, most of the people that are on Titan are dusted. And, like, yep. probably more than half of the people in Wakanda get dusted. And then yep. when it happens to, to Scott Lang and uh, Hope Van Dyne and all those guys, they're all dead, and he's the only one left. So, like, you can imagine, like, Hawkeye was probably the only survivor of his family, and that's why he's in China or whatever just doing his thing off on his own and you know they're going to try to bring him back in but I think it's a really cool because I think his character everyone made fun of him but I always thought he was a pretty intriguing character I think they could do some really interesting things with him and you know that's got to that's got to be tough. And the thing is, like, I, I, I feel like I, I get the whole thing, like, you know, this trailer, you don't, like, learn anything. Because it's like if you follow Marvel closely enough. And it's like I I don't even – I don't follow Marvel closely at all. And, like, this is kind of the first time that I've kind of looked at kind of all this stuff in, like, maybe three or four months. And, yeah, I I knew that, you know, I come back and it was going to be Ronan. I don't know how I knew that, but somehow I knew that. I think, it, like – leaked or something i don't know and like i knew that uh ant-man was gonna be in this because it just was it just felt that way with the setup with how ant-man ended um and so it's like this stuff like i i didn't learn anything but the thing is like if you look at just kind of like the fan base in general or not the fan base but the general audience in general like those are those the two characters that people were kind of wondering like why weren't they in the big movie like everybody was in the movie everybody was in Infinity War except for Ant Man and Hawkeye and everybody was like where are these people 
And so it makes sense that with the this trailer, this I, I agree with you, Zach. I will call it a teaser. I don't really think it's a trailer. But with this trailer, like it makes sense that, you know, those are two of the main points of of this is to show people these characters that you're wondering where they were. Well, here they are and they're coming back and they're going to be in the movie in the new movie. And I, I think that that kind of accomplishes something for like the general audience that maybe for people who follow it really closely, you know, they already kind of knew that like that, that these characters would be in the film. Yeah. 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 And- for, for me, it was just a process of, you know, deduction. Like I said, you know, we, we saw this character survive this movie. We saw this character doing this over here. This person didn't show up, so it's likely to, you know, assume that they're going to show up here. It was like a, an arrangement of the of the pieces, and it was nice to have those pieces confirmed, I guess. But I just, I, I would have been just as satisfied seeing them just randomly show up in the movie rather than getting it confirmed in a teaser, you know? That's a good point, too. Like, I guess, in a way, it does kind of take away. I think it, it comes down to, like, the marketing and how central they're going to be to it, because obviously, like... Unless they're just going to put just a logo everywhere, there's going to these characters are going to play a role in just the imagery surrounding the movie. Yeah, and true. Uh, I think that if they're going to be on like the poster, then well, that's the reveal there. So might as well just put them in a trailer too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I would definitely like. I would take a very long teaser trailer over no trailer at all, personally. <laughs> yeah, but, I um... don't. I don't care. I mean, I I, I always kind of like the idea of them taking a them being just like hollywood taking a franchise that they just know the film's going to be successful and just like not saying anything about what's going to happen in the film at all and then you just sit down not knowing anything that not a single not seeing a single frame of it and then just going watching it like i think that's kind of cool but no frame no casting information just the release date just a black just a black poster that says avengers yeah Cause, cause, April, I mean, April 26, 2018. Like, and, and, oh, and that okay. Wouldn't, that wouldn't necessarily be anything new. It would actually be something old because while while teasers would, would come out, you know, have been coming out for, for, for decades, people didn't obsess over them like they do now because yeah. you had to actually, like, you know, see them on TV or see them in the movie theater. You know, it was, it was actually – it was possible to avoid a trailer for – like a Star Wars movie potentially, you know, back in the 2000s. Like now it's impossible because if you don't see the trailers, you're seeing the the memes and the screenshots and people talking about it and all this stuff. So yeah, and I like for me, like I already know a lot about this movie just from the set photos and like leaks and stuff like yeah, that because I pay too, attention yeah. and that a lot of this stuff has been very public and probably too public um and so public that I you know, I've I've been trying to suppress my, you know, talking about it because i feel like i'm gonna spoil it for people and mm-hmm. obviously they're gonna try to keep it under wraps but there's some big stuff happening in this movie um we've talked about it in the show before but uh you know it is it would be interesting like like i liked how they did this trailer where they didn't put the title of the movie in the title of the video on youtube or anywhere they yeah. saved it for the end of the trailer like how how crazy would it be if you didn't find out the title of the movie until you sat in the theater <laughs> <laughs> That would like, be. That's no way they could do that. Like, like at least give people the title of the movie, but still, like that would be crazy. And like stuff like that's gonna like leak too. Like, I don't know if they could like keep that under wraps with people seeing it early and stuff. Like, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of stuff that you just can't suppress, even if you try as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, but, and I'm sure, I don't know, like, it's going to be interesting to see how they market this movie going forward, because I'm sure it won't be too long until we get another trailer, another full trailer, possibly a, yeah. a couple trailers, and an enormous amount of TV spots. But, so, go ahead. Here's, here's, here's my spe- speculation on that. I don't think we're getting another one until March the 8th. Really? Wow. That would be crazy. There might be, so you think there won't be any for the Super Bowl? Uh, you... Maybe a TV spot? Maybe a TV <sighs> spot or trailer or either. I, I would think maybe a minute-long TV spot, okay. but it, it, it would it would probably be elements of what we've seen in this trailer. Yeah. I, I, I don't... Hmm, that's, a, that's a really tough one because the, the Super Bowl is full of stuff like that. I wonder that about just a lot of films that are coming out next year, like Star Wars and stuff. Like, how many are going to pass up the Super Bowl? How many are going to... Oh, Star Wars probably is. I I don't think Mm -hmm. we're seeing anything Star Wars until we go see Avengers. Yeah. I don't don't think we're getting anything Star Wars until until April. And I don't think we're getting any, like, substantially new Avengers stuff until we go see Captain Marvel, which comes out on March. Because Avengers will be in theaters, like, 10 days after Celebration ends. So, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be plenty of time for them to, of course, probably will you play the first movie you'll see in episode nine teaser will be on uh, Avengers. We'll be yeah. at Avengers. Yep. That yeah. makes sense. And, yep. Uh, so, I mean, here's here's the deal. As far as the Super Bowl stuff goes, Chris, I don't know which one they're going to be trying to promote more because uh Captain Marvel's only coming out like a month right after yeah, the That's Bowl. a good point. Yeah, that you think that, that that would be the big trailer then. And talk I, about I, a one-two punch as well. Holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is, you know, I'm looking at the dates here. You know, just, just, just popping up the, the calendar. You've got March the 8th, which is the second Friday of March. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks apart. That is really close. They and then, and then, pieces. just like a few months later, July fifth, you've got Spider-Man: Far From Home. That's like, right. So you've got a block of Marvel movies right in the middle of the year. Oh, you can kind of do that when you don't have a random Star Wars movie sandwich between Marvel movies. <laughs> Speaking of marketing, I am dying to know how they're going to market Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah. Because there's already rumors out there, people saying, "Oh, they're going to debut the trailer." For Spider-Man: Far From Home tomorrow, are they gonna do it next week? And I'm like, Spider-Man's dead. Like, how how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna work around this? How are you gonna yeah, promote? No. Like, they have to promote. If they have to import, promote Avengers and Spider-Man at the same time, we assume we get at least one trailer before Avengers comes out. But then you have to like, you like. Kind of like, oh yeah, Spider Man. You know, he's in the background. You see him on the screen. He's missing. We don't know where he is. He dusted, but also he's coming back in his own movie. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, for me. That was a really poor timing decision, or just a, a really poor storytelling decision. Either way, y- you either have to show a Spider Man trailer at the premiere of Infinity War, uh, or or at the premiere of Endgame, in which he's dead. Or you have to do it after, like a like a week after Endgame is over. In which case, you've only got about two months to try and promote the material. It would be very feasible and very possible that we'd see you'd go in and see Avengers Endgame, and before that movie, you see a trailer for Spider-Man: Far From Home, right. which shows that's, Spider-Man, yeah, that's what you I know, 
you know, uh, Peter Parker alive and well and having adventures exactly. with Nick Fury and and Maria Hill possibly, and then you go into <laughs> Endgame where oh yeah oh we're we're mourning the loss of all those characters. Right. So then the only other option that you really have for a teaser, let's let's say you want to do a Spider-Man Far From Home teaser without giving away spoilers for Endgame. The really the, the best option that you have is for crises to be happening in the Bronx and people asking where is Spider-Man but he doesn't show up. Mm. You've got some sort of problem that looks like something Spider-Man could solve, like a robbery or whatever. They get away with it, and they're like, the police can't handle this. Well, who do we turn to then? Where is Spider-Man? Well, I don't know. Where is Spider-Man? And you keep like looking off into the distance, hoping that he's going to be slinging his webs, you know, something like that, and he just doesn't show up. That could be one way that they do it. Um, because he's going to be far from home anyway. He's going to be in Europe, isn't he? So it could have a double meaning in the sense that he's not in the Bronx right now. So where is he? Well, he's on the other side of the pond. But currently, for fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's also not alive right now. So it has like this double entendre that could serve both purposes. Because after he comes back, you could still play that trailer asking where's Spider-Man. And we find out that he's just in Europe right now. He is far from home. So I, I don't know. I'm just I, shooting shooting off the hip like that, trying to come up with, with ways to kind of make ends meet. That would be my first thought. Um, but I, then after you do that and after Endgame comes out, then you release, you know, another full-blown trailer that's actually got him in it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about a trailer that we have seen instead of speculating about trailers that we haven't seen yet. Uh, unless you guys have any final thoughts on Endgame, we do have another trailer to talk about. Let's do yeah, it. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, the other one would be the one that came out, what was it, on Tuesday, I believe? Uh-huh. Yeah. Came out came out on Tuesday, and it's the uh, second trailer that we've gotten for Captain Marvel. So, Skrulls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes, noble warrior heroes. Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you with no memory. We made you one of us so you could live longer Stronger, superior. You were reborn. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. You know how to fly this thing? We'll see. That's a yes or no question. Yes. like to know what you really are. I think I had a life here. 
What are you telling me? You've come a long way. But you're not as strong as you think. This war is just the beginning. I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Fury. What's cute? I'll be back. It's coming out March the 8th, so that's even closer than Endgame is. And this one... Ah, ye, ooh. I, I'm, I'm curious, but at the same time, it just also feels very disjointed. Did anybody else get that impression from this trailer? I, I, I again, this one too felt like it was. I don't know. To me, the, the the main problem I had with it is it seemed really stereotypical, like superhero origin movie, like, like. And I, I guess you kind of. What else would you expect? I mean, this is the first Captain Marvel movie. This is gonna have to introduce us to her character, so it's gonna have some of those same beats that we have in so many other. Marvel movies that are introducing superheroes. Um, so uh, I think uh, I, I think I, I might not be able to honestly judge this movie, let alone a trailer for this movie, until I've seen both this movie and also Endgame and just see how the character through line of of Captain Marvel works throughout those two films. And with them coming out so close to each other, I would expect those two movies to kind of play off each other a little bit. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm intrigued by. But yeah, just watching the, the second trailer, like, it, 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 this doesn't seem, this seems like your just typical first movie for introducing a superhero to this universe. There doesn't seem to be anything different or greater about it. Yeah, I, I'm not... I never was, like, really super hyped for this movie. Of course, I, you know, just as a general, you know, Marvel fan, an MCU fan, like, I'm lo really looking forward to it, but, like, I'm not expecting it to be my favorite out of all of them. And this trailer didn't do a whole lot for me. Like, it was just kind of more the same and kind of expanding on what we'd seen before in the first trailer. I really liked the first trailer a lot. And this one wasn't quite on par with that one. Um, but I, I'm kind of expecting kind of a like a Black Panther type of scenario where, you know, Black Panther I also enjoyed but also, like, wasn't overjoyed with. I know a lot of people were, and that's great. But, uh, you know, I liked what I appreciated the most about Black Panther was, like, you get introduction to the character, his whole arc, not just in Black Panther, but you got it from, you know, his appearance in Civil War to Black Panther and then moving into Infinity War, like, the whole connective tissue there. We can only assume... Like, Captain Marvel is going to have huge implications on Endgame. And we're going to have, you know, probably, if not the final scenes of that movie, at least the post credit scene is going to set up Endgame. And we're going to get somehow, you know, her into the picture somehow. Because, you know, Infinity War set that up. But, uh, you know, overall, uh, this trailer, you know, it was okay. But I, I'm, I'm at the point now, like, I just kind of want to see the movie. I'm not, like, I'm not really interested in seeing any more trailers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I'm I'm just ready for 2019, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
like I'm just ready for 2019. No matter how much scrolls we get, no matter how much Ben Mendelsohn they throw in our face, no matter how many times Nick Fury pets a kitty cat, it, <laughs> I mean, it, it's all well and good. Don't don't get me wrong, it's all well and mm-hmm. good, but. Captain Marvel is going to be one of the first things that I see in what promises to be a wallet-breaking 2019. Yeah. I'm going to be seeing Captain Marvel. I'm probably going to be seeing Shazam. I'm going to be seeing... Shoot, what else have we got? We got Avengers. Toy Story 4. We're going to have Toy Story 4. We're going to have Lion Lion King. King. We're going to have a live-action Aladdin. We're going to have live-action Dumbo, which I'm probably not going to see in theaters, although a lot of people probably are. There's there's just so much happening. And then it's going to be all capped off at the end of the year with Episode 9, which I'm seeing probably at least five times because that's kind of my average. You know, there's there's just so much being jam-packed into 2019. And I'm just ready for it. You know, with no Star Wars movie in in uh, 2018, I might go see Aquaman. I might go see Mary Poppins Returns, which I hear is getting Golden Globe buzz already, even though it hasn't been released to the general public. I, I don't know how the hell yeah, that works. Yeah, it got nominated for uh, Best uh, Comedy or Musical. I, I, probably because it's the only comedy or musical? I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, Crazy Rich Agents is on that, although I hear that wasn't too bad, but that I, was also I nominated. I haven't heard bad things about Crazy Rich Agents, yeah. but it's just like, really? The movie's not even out yet, and it's already getting award nominations? Like, yeah. I that, that just, ugh, I don't know, kind of rose me the wrong way. But point being, those are kind of maybes for me, as opposed to, you know, definitely seeing something over the holidays, which is what I usually do with Star Wars. So... You know, I'm just ready to kind of kick off 2019, put 2018 behind me. A lot of crap happened in 2018 that I don't really care to dive into, but I'm just ready for a clean slate in more ways than one. Clean slate with movies and a clean slate with a brand new year, brand new set of things to look forward to. I'm just ready for 2019. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in a similar situation. I'm like, screw you, 2018. I want to move on. Yep. Yep, but before we can do that, we've got some things that are more on the on the peppier, happier note that we probably uh, need to get into. Uh, those are the two biggest pieces of news from here on out. The content is actually from you, the listeners. All we're doing is just talking about what you want us to talk about. Uh, we did a top five episode last week where it was just the hosts listing their top fives, but we were like, eh, we know that you've got fives you want to send our way. So we did that for this week, set it aside to give you your own day, your own episode. Top five holiday films. It's part two of our holiday special that we've been doing back to back. Like Ben said, we will be getting back to the wizarding world next week. And then we'll be kind of, previewing what 2019 is going to look like for us potentially and just getting ready for the new year new me concept (laughs) but for now we're going to look at top five holiday films that includes tv specials so they can be feature-length films or things like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer or cricket on the hearth which i don't believe got any nominations rightfully (laughs) so but we're going to talk about all that and more starting with our patrons 
the folks that uh, subscribe to us and financially support us on a regular basis, we cannot thank them enough for all their help. And so when you are a patron, you get top billing here on the show. You are guaranteed to have your top fives listed and listed first. So one of the first responses that we got for these top five holiday films comes from Mr. Jake Damon. I was about to say the late, great Jake Damon, but I was like, what? he's not dead. <laughs> well, he's not usually, yet. <laughs> he's usually late, or maybe I'm maybe I'm predicting something. I don't know. But it comes from Jake Damon, and, and his list is as follows. This is a cute list. Number five, A Muppet Christmas Carol. Number four, Elf. Number three, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Number two, Polar Express. And then his number one, Muppet Christmas Carol again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jake, I see you. Technically, a... that's a number four, which means it's disqualified and Jake can never enter this thing again. <laughs> it's a top four list, apparently, from you, Mr. Damon. Thankfully, thankfully, we aren't too harsh on the many, many rules we just made up about this thing. So You know what we do need, Ben? We need a show-me-what-you-got sound effect when we kick off these top five episodes. <laughs> from Rick and Morty? Yes. yes. Show-me-what-you-got. Oh, boy. Oh, so, boy. what have we got from one of our other patrons? I believe we're to uh, Miss Perry now. Yes, Rachel Perry, another one of our fine patrons. Um, she writes in and says her number five is A Christmas Carol. Not sure which version. There's like a thousand of them, but maybe she intends to you know, encompass all of them. Who knows? She might like all of them. Um, number four, Home Alone. I love that that's on this list um, and this is on a lot of people's lists. Um, number three, Elf. Number two, Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And then number one, Nightmare Before Christmas. We just 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 talked about it the other day. Now, yeah, now we, I love seeing yeah, it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I, I actually found it for sale on Blu-ray at my local Target not too long ago. So uh, I picked that puppy up. <laughs> I'm up to 254 films in my collection now. Holy crap. Yep, so I didn't get to 300 by the end of the year, but I'll definitely be at 300 by the end of 2019, I'm feeling. I've got a very strong feeling. Wow. Okay, so here's, uh, let me see, how many did we get? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven from Katie. <laughs> Katie Horn sends us her top seven, apparently, making up for the four that Jake sent us, I guess. I don't know. That's 11. Wait. These numbers don't make sense. Um, also, she encompassed an entire trilogy in her list. The Lord of the Rings is a Christmas movie, Wait, apparently. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. But... And also, I should meant I should point out that she didn't actually make this list for us. She was like, she just retweeted it at us. She's like, yeah. I just stand by this list. She just, she just quoted the tweet. It's like she had already tweeted about her favorite Christmas movies. She was prepared, and it's kind of interesting how specific she gets about this list because it also includes The Force Awakens, which I kind of get because it came out during Christmas time, but I don't know. Then most of Home Alone, most of, not Home Alone, most of Home Alone. Rise here. Here's a, this is this is really weird. Like we need to do a top five Easter movies or something. Apparently, because she says Rise of the Guardians, even though it takes place on Easter. I think you got your Christian holidays mixed up there, Katie. I don't know. Uh, 
the one Christmas scene in every Harry Potter movie. <laughs> That's I mean, like if, 12. If you if you put them all together, I guess it combines to make like one TV special. I'd be kind of interested to see how that goes. Like the evolution of Harry and the evolution of Christmas over the course of like eight movies. I don't know. I'm sure uh, there's a super cut somewhere on YouTube of Harry Potter just going, Happy Christmas, Happy Christmas, Happy Christmas. There must be. There must be. And then she says the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack. Not not the movie. The soundtrack. And then the first half of Elf. She couldn't pick the whole movie. She had to pick the first half. Okay, but I kind of get where she's coming from because the second half gets kind of weird. Like <laughs> every like everything after um Peter Dinklage shows up. The the whole rest of the movie takes a very different turn and feels very, very weird. And it it doesn't match like the entire vibe that you've gotten from the rest of the movie. Doesn't make it a bad movie, but there is like a tonal shift after like after Buddy and, and Jovi go on their date and then Miles Finch slash Peter Dinklage shows up. Like this is this is Peter Dinklage before Game of Thrones. Okay? This is like vintage Dinklage. <laughs> and, I and, admittedly, admittedly, oh no, don't I say it. I don't remember the second half of this movie. Oh, okay, <laughs> because okay. I, I was, fell asleep. I was about to say, okay, so see, maybe you're proving her point. Like, only the first half is entertaining. The second half puts you to sleep. I don't know, but the first half of Elf. Okay, <laughs> well, thank you, Katie. Very, very descriptive. Very informative. That's hilarious. Love it. Love it. All right. So up next is that that was was that all? I it was so long. I didn't know was where that, it actually stopped. Was that it for Katie? Are we done with <laughs> Katie yet? Yes, we're done with oh, Katie. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Here, Chris, I'll let you take this one because this is from a good buddy of ours, Mister Daniel Georgiev, aka Dan Grievous. I don't have the notes up. Oh. <laughs> Well, then I'll take it then. Take Otherwise, it. I would love to. Come on, Chris. Well, I'll get the notes up. You're definitely taking a couple of the peacekeepers then to make up for it. I will do it. I just need to stall for a few seconds okay. as I I'll, load I'll, the docs. I'll read, I'll read Dan's, and then you can you can catch back up when we get down wait, to the... Wait, what? wait. I, I'm there. I'm there. Okay, okay go for it then. <laughs> Okay, so um, Dan's number five is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which now there's multiple versions of, so I don't... It's like three versions of now, so I'm not sure which one he's talking about. Right. You better um, not be talking about the <laughs> Bendel Snorp Cumper Patch version. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I enjoy the original animated one. I think that's good. Um uh, another mention, as he has at number four of the Muppet Christmas Carol. So I guess that's the third mention, even though, though Jake should have only been counted as one because <laughs> he said it twice. Um, number three, another mention of Home Alone. And then I'm surprised. I think this is the first time someone has mentioned this so far and of the listeners. Number two, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. And then... Number one is another mention of Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. So, solid list. Solid list. Assuming that How the Grinch Stole Christmas was the animated one. 
Well, I mean, the Jim Carrey version isn't terrible. It's just... No, it's not, it's but it's very, not a top five. It's, not it's, a, top it's five. a very different take on that movie. Also, it's very controversial. Should be worth mentioning that that's like... Who who is it that that plays Cindy Lou? Is that Baby Avril Lavigne? <laughs> I for wait, it's someone famous, right? I think it's Avril Lavigne because uh, I'll like they, look it up. I'll look it up. I, oh oh, it's it's Taylor Momsen, the um the musician. Oh, it's Taylor Momsen. Okay, who, a lot of people confused with Avril Lavigne, so I I get I I get okay. that. You're close. close. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but still, still, like it's such a it's such a change <laughs> from 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 where, where she was to where she is now. That's like oh, the, the, oh, those, yeah. those those side by side pictures of then versus now. It's like holy <laughs> crap, are you the same person? Uh-huh. Like wow. Um, but yeah, I mean those those are all really fun. And again, like like we mentioned, a, a special shout out to all of our patrons, whether you were able to send in a list or not. Joey Mays, Katie Horn, Jake Damon, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, and Parker Ott. Actually, I think Joey may have sent us a list somewhere. But since we had him on last week, I guess it's also worth mentioning that if you want to hear Joey's full top fives from both versions, you can just listen to last week's episode as well. Uh, you I'll... had your chance, Joey. All right, you can't. You can't just keep on. You know, just trying to hijack the show. Yeah, he 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 wrote us when I did the roll call over on Twitter and was like, "I'm pretty sure I got this down." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, no kidding. You literally just sent it to us." Let me. He was, let me more, see he, was he was literally on the show more than I was last week. <laughs> yeah, as far as like airtime goes, that might be right. <laughs> Uh, he said, mine is all but identical, so I can roll with it. Let's see if he actually <laughs> submitted it to us. No, this is from F105. This is from Jake. Let me see. Yeah, no, I don't know if he actually sent it to us on Twitter or not. I tried to check. Sorry, Joey. But if you want to become a patron and make sure that you get top billing on every episode and get mentioned on every episode, which we have done fairly consistently for almost a year now, then go to patron.podbean.com slash ipcpodcast to find a full list of all the different things that we do here on the show. We're going to be revising that list to kick off 2019. It'll have some little revisions and some new elements that we're going to try and include for you. So be sure to go and sign up and be a part of all the fun that's going to be included in 2019. Cool beans. All right, so up next... We have some submissions for our um, from our peacekeepers in the uh, Peacekeeper Corps Facebook group, and a lot of good people over there. And the first up is uh, okay. I got to keep doing this <laughs> until 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 me or someone comes up with an official soundbite. I have to say, <clears throat> Shinda's list. <laughs> so we've got Steven Shinder here. And he is at number five, Eight Crazy Nights, which I'm not familiar with. I've never with. heard of that. What are you trying to pull here, Stephen? What, <laughs> what is this? Okay, someone's got to Google that. I'm going to go down to number four Sorry. is A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. I've actually seen that one. It's not bad. Oh, it's an Adam oh, Sandler movie. Oh, oh, I think I've seen this. I think I might have seen this movie. That actually was a good movie. It was really bizarre. 
but it was a good movie. 2002 American teen and adult animated holiday musical comedy film directed by Seth Kearsley. Oh my gosh, I turned the TV on once at my grandparents' house like 10 minutes into this movie. I didn't even know the name of it, and I watched it till the end and narrated, never thought about it again. <laughs> narrated by Rob Schneider, starring Schneider, Sandler, Jackie Titone, and Austin Stout. There's a freaking song in that movie that has been in my head my whole life. <laughs> Where they like list a bunch of things people do, and they're like, "That's a personal foul." <laughs> it's, been, it's been in my head for twenty years. Where has years. this thing been all my life? I've never. <laughs> what that is was this? A, that that it's kind of like it's kind of like a Family Guy-ish like movie. It's kind of like something that Seth MacFarlane would do. It, the, the it's kind of the way that it's written. It's interesting. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, Stephen. My God, you, you pulled out a deep cut there. I didn't know Whoa. the name of it. <laughs> Whoa. They've got the Sprouse Brothers as the KB Toy Soldiers. <laughs> that's like oh. the that's like baby Sprouse twins, because that's from two thousand two. Wow, that's like Man. that that's like around the era when when Cole was playing uh Ben on Friends. Yeah. That's wow. how young those kids are. Holy smoke. All right, all right. I gotta, I gotta get I gotta Yeah. I gotta get on with Shinda's list. Okay, so at number four on Shinda's list, we have a Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Number three is How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Apparently he's a big Jim Carrey fan. Um number two is Arthur Christmas and number one again. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I guess this is rather settling the debate that we had previously about this film. Is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? It's both. But we said holiday movies. We didn't specify which holiday. <laughs> well, okay, but we don't have, like, Rudolph Saves New Year's on anybody's list. So there's not, like, any New Year holiday stuff. And here's, yeah, here's something else. <laughs> here's, here's something else for you, Ben. I don't think we have one mention of the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, come on. See, that that even makes my mention of it last week even more important. <laughs> more important or more irrelevant. Ten, if I had to pick 10, it would be there, but it, it got edged out. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of these days, one of these days we could get like just a giant round table and everybody do like a top 10 or something. Who knows? <laughs> maybe 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 that's a maybe that's an offshoot that we do when we assemble for the next Star Wars. That's movie. on a lot of other lists too. So right, right. <laughs> It'll but pop in the, up again. In in the meantime, we've got uh, our very very good friend Chris Abbott, and uh, he's he's contributed to this show in more ways than one, which is always so cool. We uh, we appreciate Star Raptor for his contributions to the show. You should go check. Check out his YouTube page. He does a lot of game and movie reviews. Awesome, awesome fella. Uh, his top five in no particular order. Uh, I'm going to go from the bottom up just because I can. The Grinch. A Christmas Story. First mention of oh. a Christmas Story. Wow. Gremlins. <laughs> home Alone. I, I, why did why did Gremlins get an ooh? I was going to I was ready to gloss over that and then both of you spoke up and I was like, oh, okay, I need to shut up. 
I mean, I just thought that I was not expecting that. I was surprised. It's just, it's just one of those movies like you don't really think about it as that, but like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It has to be. I suppose so. I suppose so. And then we've also got Home Alone and Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, Honestly, I'm I'm a little surprised that Muppet Christmas Carol is getting the love that it does. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that it's a bad movie. I I think it's a very cute movie, but I was not expecting Muppet Christmas Carol to get this much love. It got what? some love on last week's episode, and now it's getting a lot of love tonight. I think it's very on a lot of like nostalgic lists from people's childhoods. Like I'm gonna that have I, I have a category for that. I gave one of my numbers for for that. So that could be, that could be. And and honestly, it's kind of making me want to go back and watch certain Muppet movies now, including Christmas Carol and The Great uh, Muppet Caper. The Muppet Caper was a good one. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island is one of my oh, personal yeah. favorites with uh, with Tim Curry. And uh, what was it? Muppets Take Manhattan. That was oh, another yeah. good one. Yeah. So I've, I've got Muppet nostalgia to me as well. Don't get me wrong. I was just not expecting it to get this much love. Yeah. Yeah. Are we gonna do? Are we gonna do a compilation to figure out who which movies on most people's lists at the end of all this? Uh, that's doable. We've done that would it before. Be interesting. But that would usually, be, I'm curious. Usually, I do it like uh, before the show starts, but I've been working on homework. Maybe we'll find out next week. <laughs> no, we can at we can figure point. it out tonight. We we can figure it out tonight. I just got to do a little shifting around. This is where a new monitor would come in handy, mom mm-hmm. and dad. <laughs> <laughs> because I just I, I use a Surface Pro 4 and it just does not uh it does not have the screen size that I need for my work anymore. No. So, it is what it is. But let's let's move on to Francisco's list. I love saying that. Francisco. Yeah. Francisco. It's like from it's like from uh from from Elf. Remember? No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Maybe. Move along. Nothing to see. All right, here. I'll take I'll take Francisco. Um, he says I'll start from the top because he 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 uh his 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 last one is is a pretty good one. Um, first of all, he says uh uh I'm just gonna say number five, Die Hard. Number four, Polar Express. Number three, Batman Returns. Mm. Okay. Um, let's let's cross over that for a second and go <laughs> to number two. And how the Grinch stole Christmas, and then his number one is, and um, I don't know, Attack of the Clones. Love what? that movie. Watch it all the time. What? I, what? It's even it's bewildering. Even the one Attack of the Clones fan in the room. I mean, yeah, it's a great movie, but why is it on this list? Like it wasn't. It wasn't released at Christmas. No. Christmas is not mentioned in it there's no snow in it like no. you can make the justification force awakens and maybe yeah. empire strikes back yeah. like there's snow in them but like attack of the clones what <laughs> okay then i mean uh, i don't want to argue with it but i mean <laughs> i mean i'll take it you know i mean uh okay my number five is forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> <laughs> my favorite christmas movie is avengers infinity war yes my favorite Christmas movie. Okay, I gotta I gotta come up with something good now. Um I just said the first movie that came to my head. <laughs> yeah, I have no movies coming to my head right now. I'm drawing a major blank. Planet of the Apes. Okay, uh, there we go. There we go, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, when you have all the information in the world at your fingertips. You can't think. Is it, of yeah, look at you. Look at your movie yeah, shelf. I mean, I, yes, exactly. That was my point. I like turned when I said, <laughs> um, and I turned to look at my movie shelf. I could have said Indiana Jones. I could have said, uh, I could have, I could have said Air Force One. I could have said, I got a lot of Harrison Ford movies. Apparently, they're all together. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got. I could have said Jurassic World. I could have said Logan. I could have said Spider Man Two. But no. Actually, isn't there a Christmas sequence in Spider-Man 2? Or is that Thanksgiving? I think it's Thanksgiving when they have the really yeah, they have the right. really awkward dinner. It's Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. I I think yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh Chris, I'm going to pass the next list to you cuz I'm right. making this compilation over for you All right. Doc. So, uh McMahon's up next. Johnny and uh his list uh, going backwards number 5, Elf. Which is on a few other people's list. Number four, Grinch, and he actually specifies, thank you, the original Grinch. <laughs> Number three, I'm surprised that I think this is the first mention of this too tonight, Frosty the Snowman. And he just oh, says yeah, Frosty, yeah. but I'm assuming he means the first one. <laughs> not a lot of uh not a lot of T V specials so far. A lot of people yeah. are only are only giving like the movies precedence, which is okay. I get it. But, yeah. Number two, uh, another mention of Christmas Story. And then number one, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, see, that's, that's, a, that's a classic, though. That is, that is a classic. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, this, the, the, these movies are the reason why it was so hard for me to come up with a top five. Because, obviously, I'm thinking of, like, how many times I watched Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as a kid. Like, I can't even count. But, right. Again, there are some really great movies that kind of edge them out, but definitely solid choices. Which is why we did TV specials and movies separately last yeah. week because we didn't yeah. want to do this. But uh, it's 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 definitely not an easy choice. Man, I'm I'm finding some, I'm finding this to be really interesting. I, shall we shall we take a break for a moment maybe and let you calculate those maybe when we, when we come back maybe yeah it, we're about due for a commercial break anyway so we're going to hit the pause button here for right now go to a brief program identification and commercial break and we'll see you on the flip side as we continue our IPC podcast holiday special with your top five holiday films This is IPC. That is holiday music you're listening to in the background, but don't change that dial just yet. This is Arash from The Sith List, and I'm here to talk to you about the Kessel Toy Run, Episode 2. Join forces this holiday season, like we did last holiday season, and get together and donate a new Star Wars gift to a hospitalized child and family unable to spend the holidays at home. Now, our boy Brandon's setting this up. He did it last year, and he did an amazing job. And the gifts were just unbelievable. Got out to so many wonderful kids that are spending their holidays not at home. Toy Drive is going to go from October 15th through December 20th. And all you have to do is go to Amazon.com 
and under account, click on find a list or registry. Go to search and I want you to put in the Kessel Toy Run at gmail.com. Then you click wish list. Choose your items slash items you'd like to buy. Then send your selection to the address, which I'm going to give right now. Send it to Brandon Manriquez, P.O. Box 7232, Long Beach, California, 90807. Now, if you don't want to use Amazon, it's all good too. If you want to go to Walmart or you want to go to Target, and you want to find a gift on your own, just send your items to the address that I listed, and that's Brandon Manriquez, P.O. Box 7232, Long Beach, California, 90807. So you might be asking, how is Brandon going to distribute all this by himself? Well, he is. He's got some help. Toys will be distributed by the Child Life Program at Miller Children's and Women's. Also, our friends, the Rogue Rebels and Saber Guild Temple Prime. When you make that selection, I want you to go on Twitter and tag at Making Star Wars and also tag us at The Sith List. But I definitely want you to tag at Kessel Toy Run. That's at symbol T-H-E-K-E-S-S-E-L-T-O-Y-R-U-N. And are you in? Oh, hell yeah, you're in. Because this is a great thing to do. It's the holiday seasons. Let's put a smile on these kids' faces. This is what fandom is all about. Guys, thank you. And I can't wait to see what you guys get for these wonderful kids. the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow but have a cup of cheer have a holly jolly Christmas and when you walk down the street say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet oh ho the mistletoe hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Kiss her once for me Have a holy jolly Christmas And in case you didn't hear Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year Have a holly jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year Everyone you meet Oh, oh, the mistletoe Hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Kiss her once for me Have a holly jolly Christmas And in case you didn't hear Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas This year And we are back continuing our holiday special episode of the IPC podcast, listing off your top five favorite holiday films. And the results have proven to be pretty interesting. We'll talk a bit about final tallies here at the end of the show. But guys, if you want to take a quick look, you can just see it at the very bottom of the show notes. Very, very interesting results. 
But uh, continuing with numbers that we have gotten from our friends in the Twitterverse, uh, we've got a list from a very loyal, longtime listener, Brian DeRuvo. And uh, he submitted it to us on Twitter from two different Twitter accounts and on Facebook. So, Brian, you were extremely thorough, my friend. Thank you for getting it into us. We appreciate it. His list is as follows. Number five, The Grinch. Number four, It's a Wonderful Life. Number three, Nightmare Before Christmas. Number two, Die Hard. And his number one holiday film, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Love it. It's a good list. And I've got so many memories from Christmas Vacation. I may have touched on this a little bit on last week's episode, but it's the one that my parents watch every uh, Christmas Eve. Every Christmas Eve. And back when we were younger, it was the one that they would put on after they sent the kids to bed and started working (laughs) on the Santa gifts, if you will. Uh And so there's... There's like this stigma of being more adult now because I get to watch it with the family now. There, there was a time when they tried to show it to me at like age 14 or 15. They thought, yeah, he might be old enough for it. And then like the very first scene where they're driving down the road and he like flips off the truck driver, my mom <laughs> reached over and covered my eyes. And then like when he's getting ready to to cut up the Christmas tree, and they're like, what are you going to do with a tree that size, Griswold? He <laughs> says, bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> my mom reached over and covered my ears for that. Oh, my God. I was like, how am I supposed to enjoy this movie if I'm like the three monkeys? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. <laughs> so a few years later, they finally just like set me loose on it, and now the whole family watches it together. My brother loves the slapstick, and and I love the zany situations. My sister loves the sarcasm. It's just, it's a great, it's a great, as weird as it is to say, it's a great family movie for us now. We We used to not watch it as a family, but now that we do, we thoroughly enjoy it. As long as your family is all over 18, you're good. Yeah, well, my sister just turned 18. Happy belated go. birthday to my sister. Nice. She, uh, she had a birthday about a week ago, and uh, we uh, we got to celebrate her in a very interesting fashion. We went – this is this is such a southern thing to do. This is such a Texan thing to do. Ben, you might relate because you visited Texas recently. Chris, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had the pleasure of experiencing this yet, but mm. for her birthday, we took her to Bucky's. Oh. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you are you going to explain it or do I have to? Okay, Chris, imagine like the most Texan souvenir shop you can possibly think oh of. Oh my gosh. Plus plus the cleanest bathrooms from any shopping mall you've <laughs> ever been to. What? Plus a delicatessen. Oh. Plus a giant truck stop. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Basically, it's like a, a Walmart. It's like a Walmart super center mixed with a truck stop, mixed with like, you know, it's like the it's literally the world's best you know truck stop like it's just it's massive tons of souvenirs you know beaver everything you could possibly think of um because their mascot is a beaver yep their their mascot is bucky the beaver and they have amazing truck stop signs and you can be like 300 miles away from the next bucky's and there will be signs telling you 300 miles away 
Yeah, you can hold it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like things like that. Yeah, if you've ever been out west or, or just straight north of you, Zach, um, the similar thing happens with 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 a uh, uh, wall drug in South Dakota. Yeah, I was just thinking that's what this sounds like. Yeah, it's basically a bit smaller than wall drug. Yeah, wall um, drug is like is, its own town. But wall yeah. drug is massive, um, but it's basically like in the middle of nowhere and you know stuff. And there's like you go like. Oh, 200 miles to wall drug, 500 miles to wall drug. Like it's it's a big thing like they they tell you you're getting close way out and usually there's nothing out there. That's the next thing even though you're 200 miles away, there's nothing between you and Wall South Dakota. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a bit more to Texas. There's a few more stopping places, but most of the time you're just waiting for the next buckies. And that's <laughs> right. where she wanted to go. She wow, she it. wanted to go there and then there's like a it was like a, a steak burger place across the street that we went to for dinner. But, yeah, she wanted to go to Bucky's for her birthday. And the nearest one – so there, there's two that are kind of close by. There's one that's out east of us about 50 miles away. And there's one that's in uh, North Fort Worth, which is like maybe 30 miles away. But it's right across the street from Texas Motor Speedway. And so if it's like a race day or something like that, it's just flooded with rednecks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we tend to avoid that one because it, it just doesn't have quite the same authentic feel to it but uh i digress bucky's is fun i'm sad that i haven't taken you to experience it yet chris that's one of the regrets that i had from yeah. the texas trip i should have taken you guys to bucky's and i didn't well, i failed if we, had, if, we had, if we had one more day we we packed our days with a lot of stuff we yeah we did have a lot to do that weekend so that yeah. just means we need to have a return trip to Texas sometime. It'll happen. Yeah, totally, uh, totally. Uh, who have we got next? Kevin, I believe, right? Oh yeah, Kevin Davis at Velek Tours on Twitter. He says in no particular order, <laughs> even though he gave them a t- particular order. He did give them a particular <laughs> order. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go a particular order, Kevin. Come on. What if I just start with number four yeah. and then go to number two? Terry Lucas five, style. Then three, then one. Yes, no. machete style of the top five list. Exactly. No, as much as I want to, I'm not going to troll our listeners that much. I lose track. Um, so I will. I will just start with number five, which he says is Elf. Um, number four is Miracle on 34th Street. Oh. Number three, Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> the first mention of that one on yeah. this lit on this show. <laughs> and number two, Holiday Inn, great choice. And number one, Home Alone. <laughs> Another mention of Home Alone, which I am yeah. not surprised anymore. Yeah. No. Even yep. though we did have that big debate about whether that was actually... Uh, actually a Christmas movie, but uh, I don't think I'm going to win that argument. No, nope, oh, you're not. Oh, well. Oh, well. Who do we have next? We've got Igor, the hero of Tython. I love that name. The That's hero cool. of Tython. Again, no particular order. <laughs> I, Igor. <laughs> ah. Home Alone, Gremlins, Polar Express, A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas... <laughs> and planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh-huh. At least Harold and Kumar Christmas has the word Christmas in it. I don't think I've ever seen planes, trains, and automobiles. You haven't. 
I don't believe so. Oh, you've got okay. now. That's a one. That's one I have to. Oh, this is a funny story, really quick. Speaking of language and uh, <laughs> adult content, um, I I've seen that movie several times, but I recently got the DVD, and my parents and I sat down to watch it one night, <laughs> um, and I didn't realize that I had always seen the very the the, the censored TV version oh. of that movie. Um, the unrated, the, the, uh, actual version of the movie is like R rated and like, oh it's not like content, but there is a scene. And if you know the movie thing where, um, it's, uh, what's his name? Steve Martin's character has a terrible day on top of many terrible days, but one day where he's at the airport and he goes in and he, he curses this woman out and uses the F bomb about 50 times. <laughs> um, right. and my parents, if you if you know anything about them, they're not like they're not ones to like like everybody curses a little bit, but they're also like they kind of tried to shield me from that, and they also don't like me cursing. So when that scene came up, it was like really awkward. Oh my god! And Steve Martin just effing this, effing that, he just goes through it, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember this from this movie, but uh, yeah, well, it's a great movie, and it and- does t- it takes place at Thanksgiving. And see, that's why you will never hear a quote of the night from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on this podcast. <laughs> because there, there's one particular sequence that I would mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. that I would love to show, which is right after he finds out that he's won the Jelly of the Month Club <laughs> for a year. And everybody's getting ready to leave, and he's just like, nope, 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 you're not leaving. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas <laughs> Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny Kay. Except there's an F-bomb in there somewhere. And it's absolutely hysterical. I yeah. love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. But It is great. I'm, uh, I'm digressing just a little bit here. Igor, that is a great list. Thank you for sending it in. Who have we got next? We've got F-105 music, don't we? We've got Mr. Din from F105, our very good friend and loyal listener. And he has, he just says, hmm, he was thinking about this one. And he says, number five is It's a Wonderful Life. He says, I haven't seen it, but I know it will be top five. (laughs) So Din actually put a movie on his list he hasn't seen. That's funny. You know what? To That's be honest, interesting. I I don't know if I've actually sat through the whole thing because it, it's a pretty long movie. I think it's a but pretty long it movie. Is. So I don't know. I've seen obviously seen parts of it, and then you see if you watch a bunch of Christmas movies, you've probably seen the whole movie and other people's TVs on if they're inside other movies. Because um, that's the one they all have on at Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. It, right. it's it's included in Christmas vacation, isn't that's it? That's right. That's right. That the, the angel uh, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Mm-hmm. That. Um, yeah. But I have seen the stage play version of it full length, and that was I didn't memory. know there was a thing. There was uh, my um, the school that I went to decided to do it one year, and I watched it. Wow. Yeah, for me, it's it's similar to Zach's family. Only it's with w- Zach's family with a Christmas Vacation. Only it's it's a Wonderful Life for me. Every year, <laughs> have to sit down and watch it. I know this movie backwards and forwards, and it's still it's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, number four on Din's list is Bad Santa. <laughs> he says in parentheses, another one I'm not proud to love. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, three 
his the night before <laughs> I'm an idiot for Seth Rogen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the number, addendums that come in with right. it. I love it. I love it. Um, number two is Elf. Yes, I'm an idiot for Will Ferrell. Okay. <laughs> um, and he specifies Christmas Carol for number one, the 1951 or Muppets version. Yeah, you're kind of throwing off my tallies with that, Din, just a little bit. Yeah, do you add a point five for that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to, kind of like I gave a point five for Elf, because apparently yeah. Katie only likes half of that movie. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. That's funny. That's just these are, these, are, yeah. these, are, these are great lists. I mean, I, I love the idea of putting something on your list that you've never seen before. Like, that's bold. Like, that's hella bold. I've got so many different things I could choose from. It's like, if I haven't seen this movie, I've got about 10 others I can choose from. But you went with It's a Wonderful Life anyway. Personally, I'm not a big fan of It's a Wonderful Life because I'm like Phoebe Buffay from Friends. To me, it should be titled It's a Sucky Life. And just when you think it can't suck anymore, it does. Uh, that, that is much more accurate. Oh, my yep. gosh. Like, it's two hours of depression for five yeah. minutes of happiness. I'm sorry. If I want to be depressed for two hours, I can go look at my Tinder feed. I don't know. <laughs> but it's... Oh, jeez. This just got real. <laughs> oh, jeez. Whoa. No, I got other things to do. That's why I don't watch telenovelas or things like that. I don't want to get caught up in other people's drama. <laughs> I've got enough drama in my life, thank you very much. Oh. It's just not... <sighs> No, yeah, I got a little too real there. Sorry, that's the that's the that's the how much wrong have you had up to this I, point? I'm about to say that's the rum talking. That's not <laughs> yep. me talking. Yep. So yeah, we're just gonna gloss so. that over and go <laughs> um, to our friend Josh's list. We're gonna talk um, about him for a bit now. Yep. His list is uh, this is FM Ghost 09 on Twitter. He says number five, The Grinch, the original cartoon. Thank you for specifying. Nightmare Before Christmas at number four. This is where it gets interesting. He's got Die Hard and Die Hard 2 at two and three. With Die Hard 2, he puts in parentheses, fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Josh, we're going to have to fight on another time, buddy. Another time. But then his number one, I was rather surprised by this. I was not expecting this to be anybody's number one. Krampus. And I'm I'm assuming this is the new Krampus movie, like the one that came out like what three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not gotten around to seeing this one yet, Me but neither. I am I am familiar with the concept of the Krampus, and honestly, yeah. it scares the daylights out of me. It is like yeah. like it used to be when I was a kid. the The scariest thing that would happen if you were bad at Christmas time was you get a lump of coal in your stocking from Santa Claus. Now. You've got this minotaur-shaped monster that will come and haunt you a few days before Christmas if you misbehave even in the slightest. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Which brings me into another conversation piece that I wanted to toss to you guys. Ben, I mentioned it last week as an honorable mention, but now that we've got a new voice on the show, Chris, I have to ask, have you by any chance, any outside chance, happened across a movie that was on Netflix this time a year ago titled A Christmas Horror Story. No, I have not. Oh, dude. It is very, very poorly made. It makes makes Zombievers and Zombies Uh, look like Academy Award nominees. Oh, my goodness. 
And it centers around this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere where everybody is trying to deal with Christmas essentially in their own way. And like nothing goes right for anybody. There's a family that trespasses into a Christmas tree forest to try and chop down a tree and their kid ends up getting kidnapped and replaced by a changeling. What? Wow. Yeah. It's really, really messed up. There is another element to the story where this family tries to go visit their well-off but snooty aunt and try and ask her for money. While they're there, one of the spoiled kids breaks what turns out to be a family heirloom, and the thing that he breaks is a emblem of the Krampus. And so <laughs> oh, they, they get rejected by the aunt, and on their drive home, they get attacked by said Krampus. <laughs> And then there's this other overarching story that seems to be happening outside of town, but actually ends up tying into the town at the very end of the movie. And it involves a certain jolly old St. Nicholas living up at the North Pole, getting ready for his yearly departure. And all of a sudden, his elves start to fall sick. And uh, on Christmas Eve, just when he's getting ready to go, it turns out that all of his elves have turned to zombies. And they are fighting St. Nick to try and prevent him from leaving the North Pole. Wow. It is is one of the weirdest (laughs) movies I have ever seen in my life. And yet, at the same time, I'm super drawn to it and tell everybody I know about it. Because (laughs) the central theme that keeps popping back up is that they go from scene to scene. You know how they have like a bridge that like as soon as you're done with one scene, you go to the bridge and that bridge sends you to the next scene or whatever? Sure. The bridge is a radio DJ played by William Shatner. (laughs) Wow. So that's what he's done since Star Trek. (laughs) Basically. Basically. I always wondered where he was at when he wasn't at conventions. Uh, he's apparently a radio DJ for what is the most unfortunate Christmas town in America. Wow. And so oh that's gosh. that's where the whole Krampus thing comes into mind. Because at the end yeah. of the movie, the Krampus that attacked the family ends up being like the final big boss that Santa has to fight in order to leave the North Pole. Mm-hmm. So you have like this this fight scene between like a minotaur shaped Krampus and a, a bloodied St. Nicholas trying to leave on Christmas Eve. That's like <laughs> how you finish the movie is with a Krampus versus Santa fight scene. That sounds like exactly the kind of thing that would get me in the holiday spirit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the whole point. Oh boy. That, to- okay. that tired me out just 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 listening to you describe it. Yeah, I need to take a breather. Can somebody do the next top five? <laughs> uh, I can. I can get yeah, it. Yeah, Chris, if you if uh, you can get it. All right, uh, Ian's up next. Uh, he is Star Killer with lots of S's and T's and K's and I's and L's. So Star Killer. His 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 username before he actually revealed his real name was Stuttering Star Killer. There you go. That that's that's brilliant. Uh. Number five, uh, we've got another mention of a Harry Potter film <laughs> just because of the Christmas scenes. And he puts Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the 
correct title, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he says he says movies that have brief Christmas bit and include the words "Happy Christmas" count, right? Right? <laughs> right. Oh, wait, you're not the first person to bring that up. Um, number four, uh, the Santa Claus, which I Tim Tim Allen. Um, number three, uh, is this the first mention of Home Alone? Home Alone two, the sequel, which actually kind of feels almost more like a Christmas movie than Home Alone, the original one. Yeah, Lost in New York is kind of, yeah. it seems more Christmassy because you're like, he's going to all, like, New York is a very Christmassy, you know, place with the snow and stuff like that. And then uh, he follows that up with Home Alone. And then, number one, another mention of Die Hard. Die Hard's up there, man. Die Hard's getting a lot People of love. love. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of love. We'll talk about those tallies in just a second, but Ben, we got one more list that we got to cover before we call it a night, don't we? We do. We cannot miss this guy because he never misses us. That's very true. He is always here. He is one of our most loyal supporters. He's been here probably longer than we have. Um, <laughs> it is Kenny Crayley Jr. at Kenny Crayley on Twitter. Of course, he always submits his list in multiple places so we can find it, but this time he... Uh, we got it from Twitter, and he says, Number five, The Grinch, the original cartoon. Number four, Frosty the Snowman. Um, number three is Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, number two, Die Hard. And number one, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I am, I'm probably going to have to revise my top five, to be completely honest. I always feel like I need to after I read everyone's <laughs> After I read everybody else's stuff, I kind of have to go back and I'm like, uh, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So I think I just fixed it right now. There we <laughs> go. Interesting. Ready for next but, time. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a, I mean, stuff has to get bumped. Stuff's, stuff's going to get bumped. It happens. But a big thank you to everyone that sent in their lists. This is always so much fun getting to talk about all these different things final totals uh for those of you that are curious the one that received the most votes um so i just typed in the word grinch to see how many times it showed up mm. because sometimes you got the jim carrey sometimes you got the cartoon version but the word grinch shows up nine times in people's wow lists. wow and then home alone checks in with seven and then um, something that pertains to Muppet Christmas Carol in some capacity, whether it's the <laughs> the movie itself or getting a second vote or their soundtrack, uh, <laughs> that shows up six times, as does Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow. That had wow. six votes as well. Die Hard came in with five. Wow. Elf had five and a half. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> the, here's here's some of the surprises for you guys though mm. uh i only counted two tallies for a christmas story wow. for it's a wonderful life for frosty the snowman for any mention of a christmas carol that was not muppet related <laughs> for the santa claus and for frosty the snowman oh wow oh and christmas vacation Wow. Christmas Vacation only got two votes. Wow. But they were both number ones. So I guess that oh, says something. Although, with, did you did you catch that someone called it National Lampoon's Christmas and didn't add vacation? 
Uh, okay, so it might be three then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I noticed that when I was reading someone. I think it was Dan's, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I I have to type in keywords, and I had to pick. Like, yeah. Like I had yeah, to I, pick, fi- I figured I figured you would that you would miss it if you were doing it that way. So, so I'll may- bring it up maybe, to defend maybe, it. <laughs> maybe three. So that ties yeah. it with Polar yeah. Express, which also got three. Yeah. So I mean, still nice. Rather rather interesting results. But uh, I guess the moment of truth has come for us, listing off our uh, our top fives. Yeah. Ben, I don't know about you, but it was hard trying to narrow it down from what we had last week into what we've got this week. Oh, we're doing that this week? <laughs> oh no! I I wait. You didn't you didn't prepare a list? No, I didn't. <laughs> so you didn't check it twice either. Because well, I d- I did my holiday movies last week. I thought. Well, did you, what did you get? I them was kung fu. You did Can TV you... specials and feature length films. I am combining them into oh. one ultimate top five. All right, all right, all right. Well, I guess we're going to be hearing from Chris first, and then yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll do. And mine hopefully, while hopefully, you'll have something by then, Ben. But Chris, why don't you lead us off with your number five, man? All right, so my number five is a tie because there were too many, and I had to figure out a way to work one more in. <laughs> and uh, the number five category for me is movies that aren't necessarily, or movies and specials that aren't necessarily the best, but that I just loved and grew up watching as a kid. And uh, the two films that I have here are Arthur's Perfect Christmas and Winnie the Pooh and Christmas Two. And okay. my, room, I mean, my roommate's so going you, crazy when I mentioned that. So so when you put those two together, it's like an hour's worth of content anyways. Because yes. they're they're both only about a half hour to forty five minutes. I can I can I can live with that. Because my my number five is actually um a, a TV special as well. So if you're gonna be combining them, then I'm gonna be combining them. <laughs> because I wanted to make mention of this, but I, I actually bumped it for something else. Um these I actually used to watch these back to back when I was a kid. We had a, a like a four hour video cassette, like a recording cassette, where we could it's like the old school DVR basically, <laughs> where you could record stuff on a particular channel, and uh, and then you'd go back and and watch it again later. We used to have these one right after another. It was the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and then the Garfield Christmas mm. special. Yes. And not a lot of people have seen the Garfield one, apparently, but I tend to enjoy it just as much as Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's a classic. Uh, I mean, Linus's monologue is still one that, like, stands the test of time, in my opinion. And then Mm -hmm. Garfield's Christmas has some really great family values, surprisingly. Uh, You wouldn't expect that from everybody's, you know, most selfish cat in the universe. But in this one, he actually learns how to think about somebody else for a change. And it's pretty heartwarming. Oh. So Aww. Charlie Brown and Garfield, that, that'll be my number five. Ben, are you going to do a tie on us now? <laughs> no, no, I'm going something completely different. It's one that was actually floating around in my head, and I was going to mention that, huh? hey, no one mentioned this movie, but I really liked it. Um, my number five is a little little Bill Murray movie called Scrooged. Oh, and yes. I think I think it's one of the better like Scrooge movies. Like, there's been a lot of them, but this one's like the you know more modern take on it. It, it reminded me of it because you were talking about all the ridiculousness with that other Christmas movie you were talking about, and this movie opens with 
this ridiculous like fight at the North Pole <laughs> that they've staged as like because Bill Murray's character just despises Christmas as a true Scrooge does, and uh, the whole their whole Christmas special is about some kind of bloodbath at the North Pole or something like that. I'm not sure what happens there, but it's a really great movie, and you know you gotta love Bill Murray, but also just the whole thing. Great cast. Really, really funny, but also, you know, kind of heartwarming, too. That's awesome, man. That's a good way to kick it off. Uh, what would your number four be, then, Chris? So, I am not sure if this has gotten a mention yet. If it did, it was once, and I was getting Nog or something when we did mention it. Uh, I'm going with Jingle All the Way. Oh, is that the Ooh. Schwarzenegger movie? This is the movie with not only Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Jake Lloyd and mm, Scott Walker yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is this is a fantastic film, and it was uh, filmed at a place very close to where I grew up, the Mall of America. Oh, oh yeah, of things. Oh, of all things, yeah, you're you're like a, a I don't know what you call it, a nomad. A little bit, because you've got you've got places where you where you lived or or grew up, and it spans everywhere from Minnesota, New England to California. This is correct, <laughs> all across the country. <laughs> uh, just haven't set up shop in uh, in the deep south yet, much to our chagrin. Nope. Yet. That's uh, well. Here's the thing. I did I did quote unquote live in Florida for a few weeks, so if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of, sort of. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't on vacation. I was working, so I guess. Uh, it counts. <laughs> okay, I mean, if if you've got a place of residence and you were doing work, then it, okay. it, it was it was at the horse ranch. <laughs> okay, I sorry. Please don't think this rude, but I just can't picture you working on a horse ranch. That was not where I worked. <laughs> that was just where you lived. <laughs> that is where I lived. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, uh, the bale of hay would lift you, my friend. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah, a very, yeah, very yeah. comfy place to do my uh, pull my laptop out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so my number four, uh, I actually had to bump something else off to put this one in. Just thinking about the nostalgia and looking forward to being able to watch it with my family again this year, I've got to put in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Heck yeah. I, I just I just got to put that in. I think it was an honorable mention in my list from last week or something like that. Like it didn't dare quite, you. It didn't quite make it in, but I've had to juggle a few things around, move it around a little bit. And uh, yeah, I slid it into that number four spot because it's just it's it's something that I definitely look forward to every year. We only watch it maybe like once or twice a year. But those times are always very enjoyable. Excuse me. That was the rum talking. I mean, any movie that you watch like once or twice a year for your whole life is up there in the list of movies. <laughs> it it so. has to be. It has to be. I mean, I'm that I'm that way with uh, with V for Vendetta. Yes. You know, it's 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 not like a movie that I'll watch all the time, but it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's that's that's me with Dark Knight. It's just like after a certain amount of months pass, I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I probably only watch Dark Knight once or twice a year, but it's enough to give me my fill, that's for sure. Yep, yep. I wish I was around more people who wanted to watch it more often because it's in my list of top five movies I'll never say no to. So if somebody approached me at 
any time of day, any time of the year, and they asked, hey, you want to watch The Dark Knight? I'd be like, hell yeah. Same. But I, I just don't I don't have the right people in my life. I need more positivity in my life like that, man. Just saying. <laughs> but I yeah, do. Christmas Vacation is my number four. Ben, what you got? All right, all right. I got my list now. I got my list now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. It didn't right, take long. All right, all right. Um, it's pretty, pretty easy choice for me. So number four for me is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. cartoon. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was on at least one, if not two, of my lists last week, and uh, it, it deserves a special place in this one too because still love that, you know, that classic cartoon. Um, it really is not Christmas without it, in my opinion. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. Yeah, we had that entire song. I love that song. And that's without his mic breaking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of Thurl Ravenscroft. I really, really am. Uh, I I gave I gave Joey this fun fact. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it your way this week, Chris. Did did you know that Thurl Ravenscroft has a cameo in the original cartoon version of the Jungle Book? Nope. Did not know these things were related at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so Thurl Ravenscroft is the narrator and the and the lead singer for the for the Mr. Grinch song. Mm-hmm. And uh how how well do you remember the Jungle Book? Uh it's probably been ten years and the copy we owned was a bootleg. That's how I learned what bootlegs were. Somebody (laughs) copied their VHS and gave it to us. (laughs) So do you remember the vultures that sang about friendship at the end of the movie? Yeah, I think so, maybe. Yes, I remember the vultures. So so they sing sing to Mowgli, we're your friends, that's what friends are for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the the tiger, Shere Khan, Mm -hmm. decides to sing the final line in order to wrap up the song and move into the final fight scene. Oh. And uh, Shere Khan is voiced by somebody else, but that particular <laughs> segment of the song is sung by Thurl Ravenscroft. Wow, that is so random. <laughs> Interesting. It's, it, the only reason I know that is because I have uh, listened to that soundtrack on like a Best of Disney album or something like that, and Thurl Ravenscroft has a credit in the song. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The only that like that's the only way I can I can tell the difference, but oh well. On to number three, we've got more important things to do, like wrapping up this show. So, <laughs> Chris, what's your number three? All right, so um, going back to the the TV special theme, um, I'm gonna do something that no one has. I've noticed no one's done it yet, which is Christmas episodes of sitcoms, and there's plenty of them out there. I did one last week. Yes, I did. But nobody this week. I did did that for TV specials. I didn't do it for films just because of the terminology. But yeah, I did that with a with a season seven, episode ten of Friends last week. Well, someone told me TV, film, anything goes. So I'm putting this on the list. It does. And I have to go with the Christmas episodes of my favorite sitcom, Frasier, for sure. It's got. There's a Christmas episode every season, and Dude. some of them are amazing. <laughs> Dude, okay, I I just watched this on Wednesday with my brother. He's going through Frasier on Netflix. It was yeah. actually it was actually yours and Jake's episode of IPC when you did a takeover, mm-hmm. and and discussed Frasier that convinced yep. me to try it. And oh, wow. now I have 
now I have seen the series two times through. Really? That's amazing. And I am loving it. The wit oh. and the humor and yes. the sarcasm and, and the, the scenes that happen at Cafe Nervosa. I love it. I love it. I love yes. it. But the the one episode, like the one Christmas episode that sticks out to me yeah. is the the one, I think it's in maybe like season four. It's pretty early on. It's a very, very young Freddy coming to visit. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Fraser is buying him all these nerdy things. And when he comes into the living room and he wants to go to bed, he says, I know exactly what Santa's bringing me because on my letter I asked for a uh, laser robo geek, or outlaw yeah. laser robo geek. That's what yeah. it is. And Fraser's sitting there defeated because he's like, I got him a chemistry set and I got him a cranium and I went to the mall and bought him all these nerdy things. And then his dad, Martin, gives him a gift and he's like, well, okay, fine. I'll open it before Christmas, whatever. And he opens it, and Martin got him an Outlaw Laser Robo Geek. Ah. And my heart just melted. Yeah. I was like, Martin knew. Martin freaking knew, man. He knew. And Frazier just like, you could you can see Kelsey Grammer's like shoulders slump and his face softens. Like, that is one of the most tender moments in the yeah. whole show. It's amazing. If anybody wants to go dig it up, it's that's in season three, and the episode season. title is Frasier Grinch. Season three. I was I was off by one. Didn't I say season four? Yeah, season four I, actually I don't think had a Christmas special. I think that's the one that didn't, so that's fine. So don't, <laughs> it was the Christmas special for both seasons, technically. <laughs> don't go watch. Don't go watch season four, then. Yeah, yeah. Season, season three, season three, uh, Fraser Grinch uh, is, like the, is the title of that one. Uh, the two two ones that I want to mention, um, uh, one that I talked about extensively with Jake that I'll brush over and go back to that episode of IPC to hear our full take on it. But it was the last one in season 11, High Holidays. Um, absolutely not only is that like my favorite Christmas episode of that show but it might be my favorite episode of that show in general (laughs) like absolutely absolutely hilarious Um, and then the other one that I'll mention is in season 6 Merry Christmas Mrs. Moskowitz and that's the one where uh, Frasier has to pretend to be Jewish (laughs) because he's dating someone who's Jewish and her mom comes over and it's Christmas time and they have to dance around the fact that there is Christmas stuff everywhere and everybody's talking about Christmas and involved in Christmas activities. <laughs> oh, so man. That I, one, I, that I one's... do remember that. They had to, like, yeah. take down the wreath and <laughs> hide the tree and stuff like that just so that so that she wouldn't know. I, I do remember that. It's a good show. Just go watch Fraser in general. Apparently yeah. there's no... There's no um, there's there's no expiring contract conflict like Friends is having right now, so Frasier should be on Netflix indefinitely for the time being. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah. Hopefully uh, so. I I do have it on my Amazon wish list though, so if anybody That's... wants to get it for me for Christmas, I'm just saying. It's only like fifty bucks, I think, fifty or sixty. Not bad. Anyways, on to my number three. Uh, this is one that we watch every Thanksgiving night. This is how we kick off the Christmas season. We say goodbye to Thanksgiving. We say hello to Christmas. 
as a family, we get together, we we put on like a few twinkle lights to kind of get us into the into the spirit of things, and we will watch Will Ferrell's Elf. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We absolutely love that movie. I, I think the slapstick humor is a big part of it, and the recency is also probably part of it. And also the fact that we have kind of subscribed to the conspiracy theory that uh, Buddy's character is autistic. Interesting. That's if, if, a, you, if you watch yeah. it through that lens and notice his social quirks and his tendencies and his lack of eye contact and things like that, there are a lot of things that might actually lead you to believe that he might be on the autism spectrum. Interesting. So... Uh, the with with autism awareness being something really big in our family, it it kind of has like a, a near and dear element to us beyond just the Christmas season. So, yeah, Elf checks in at number three for us, or for me personally. Cool beans, good one. All right, for me, number three has got to be Home Alone. I know a lot of people mention it, and uh, they're right to because that movie is just a perfect package of hilariousness and just greatness but also it pours on the feels when you when you think you, you can literally go from you know crying laughing to crying for real from sadness because that movie will hit you where it hurts and it's so great and man like I just, you know, it's so ridiculous, but also just so great. You know, I love the fact that they, they, they've done studies on the fact that Kevin McAllister, like, would have killed both of those guys, like, multiple times over if it was real. <laughs> the stuff he puts them through. But, no, he didn't. So, hopefully, you know, I don't know. I, I, Kevin, Kevin's, a, Kevin's a, a, a nightmare for any robber. Have you heard the story about uh, Macaulay Culkin and what's going on in his life now during the holiday season? No, I haven't. I don't don't remember where I saw it. It might have been on the Graham Norton show or something like that. But uh, apparently, oh, I love Graham Norton. Him and Jimmy Fallon get some of the best interviews ever. They do. They, They really do, in my opinion. Like, they are two of the best interviewers in the game. And at one point... Macaulay Culkin is there talking about, you know, life after Home Alone, essentially. And he says, it's really weird because uh, I'll just be going about my normal routine and my girlfriend will be flipping through the channels and Home Alone will pop up on one of the holiday stations. And she'll just scream or something to that effect. She'll just scream or freak out or whatever. I'll come in to check on her and I'll see what's on the TV and I'll say to her, you want to watch Home Alone with Kevin, don't you? And she's like, yes! <laughs> and his girlfriend will basically force him to sit down and watch Home Alone with her so that she can watch the movie with Kevin McAllister. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it's so funny to think that his girlfriend has, like, fangirl moments about him as a boy. But also kind of weird slash pedophilic i don't know like (laughs) oh my god like i don't know to make it weird i don't know if i want to get into that too much uh, but okay but yeah he he can't escape it and i don't think he wants to i think i think he's learned to 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 embrace it to a certain degree 
Yeah. Okay, so that's three. We're on to number two, aren't we? Yes. I believe we are. All righty. Chris, what you got for us? All right. This is a movie that I've not heard mentioned yet. I think I'll be the first one to, to mention it. Um, and I'm going to be controversial here and say that my favorite Tim Allen Christmas movie is not any of the Santa Claus movies. Uh, my favorite Tim Allen Christmas movie and my second favorite Christmas movie is Christmas with the Cranks. Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Dan Aykroyd are in this film. And it's wow. about uh, empty nester parents whose daughter is off in the Peace Corps during Christmas. And she meets a guy. They fall in love and then last minute decide to fly back home so she can introduce the guy to her parents. And meanwhile, uh, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis have been planning to skip Christmas take a break from the holidays and go on a cruise. And with just a few days left to go before Christmas, they have to scramble to put together a family Christmas and a holiday party last minute before she gets home. So she doesn't know what's up. And oh it's God. absolutely hilarious. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is fighting with other women trying to get the last honey-baked ham in the supermarket. Uh, you have Tim Allen fighting with Boy Scouts trying to get the last good tree. <laughs> it's it's just it's 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 a movie that my family we watch every single year and have since it since it came out and uh, ne it never gets old. That's amazing. That sounds like fun. I I actually have not had a chance to see that one yet. Yeah, I, I figure uh, a lot of people haven't because again, no one's mentioned it. <laughs> Yeah, nobody nobody's made reference to it, but I, I don't think it's out of disrespect to the movie. I think no. it's just maybe maybe sometimes it falls to the wayside because we're thinking about something else. Yeah, I mean, I it, don't, it, I don't it's know. not it's not considered one of the. It's kind of more in the 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 zone of like four Christmases and the holiday and like movies like that that are kind of like comedy newer Christmas movies. Like I think it came out like ten years ago. Um, but yeah, it's great. I recommend everybody watch it, especially if you if you like Tim Allen, if you like um, the, his type of comedy and uh, the the Santa Claus movies. Then this is like even more of that. Well, uh, something tells me that that uh, Tim Allen is is not going to be forgotten this holiday season. Heck no. In uh, in Ooh. in more ways than one. Not that he's dead or anything, but. Uh... <laughs> He's definitely going to get some reference, mm -hmm. uh, uh, not not just now, but potentially a little bit further down the line. Mm -hmm. uh, my number two, um, so here here's the deal. I love Richard Attenborough. Don't get me wrong. I, I love him in Jurassic Park, and I actually thought he played St. Nicholas really, really well opposite uh, Mara Wilson. But the original Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. It's just very, very near and dear to my heart. And I don't really know why. Maybe it's Maureen O'Hara and Natalie Wood. Maybe it's the fact that a lot of that story still stands the test of time. Maybe it's the idea of putting Santa Claus on trial and proving that he's the one and only Santa Claus. Uh, the, the trial scene really, really gets to me. And I don't know. It's just something about the... The original idea of seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. That's one of the one of the first places you you kind of 
you get to experience that like way way back in the 1940s this movie came out in 1947 and there, there's just there's a sense of jolly there's a sense of peace there's a sense of joy that comes from that movie every time i watch it and it's become it's become a staple for my holiday slate right up there with christmas vacation and elf if i want a feel-good movie i don't turn to it's a wonderful life i turn to miracle on 34th street nice awesome nice so we're, are, we, are we are we are we doing number twos now yes uh, we're yeah we're at your number two now yeah okay cool i will mention mine i've talked about it before many times in the show I talked about it tonight on the show um it's a wonderful life it's a really it's a no-brainer for Ooh. me it Oh come off it! Um, <laughs> it 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 could have come in number one, but I, I chose another for number one that I felt like I felt stronger about. But uh, amazing movie, I still love it. I don't care if it's a bit depressing in the middle. It has a great ending, great uplifting message, um, and just an all around fun, brilliant movie that is bec- surprisingly become a cult classic. I love the story about the fact that it, it wasn't a popular movie when it was released. Like it was like, I think it was a box office flop, but I wonder became... why. I'm just messing with you. I, I, I get the message and I, I get, I get the appeal. I really do. I don't think you do. No, I, I don't uh... think you... <laughs> I, I do. And, and everything that you've said, I don't really have any like, contest against it it's just not for me but that's okay okay we're on to our number ones because we're running short on time Uh, um chris what have you got as your number one top five film for us all right so this is the movie with the momentum the one that's been mentioned by several people and has snuck into your list zach christmas vacation is my number one uh this movie I have watched at least once every year since uh, I can actually remember, probably when I was a very young kid. Um, and the reason why I've gotten away with that is uh, I, we've, we've had some talk about the, 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 the DVD versions versus the TV versions of films. And I, I definitely grew up watching the TV version. It was on TV one year and it was we recorded it on VHS and that's the version that we rewatched many many times and it wasn't until i was older that we got the dvd and i got all the bonus scenes (laughs) which was a lot more than i expected (laughs) but it was great it was great um and yeah this movie we've talked a little bit about it but uh it it's just there's there's, it's just hilarious from beginning to end it's 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 not only one of my my favorite christmas movie but it's probably my favorite comedy too it's like what it's my the funniest movie i've ever seen um and uh i i'm looking forward to watching it again probably in a few weeks right before christmas so i got i got a question um does the company you're with influence how much you enjoyed the movie uh, um yeah definitely definitely um i i would i would say that um although i think i'm capable of I like it no matter who I'm who I'm with, but like I think it it, it adds more when you've got other people hilariously laughing other than yourself. <laughs> so, were you part of the Night Owl group that watched it in Texas? I think I was. I know. Was I, I know. I'm I'm pretty sure Ben went to bed, and I rented yep. it on Amazon, 
Yeah. And then I fell asleep about halfway into it because I was just tired from the day. <laughs> and then I wake up and it's just sitting on the main menu and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think I did. I think I was part of that because I'm usually the last person to go to sleep. And that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that that's part of the fun of, of those get togethers is we get to do the stuff that we kind of already do but then we get yeah. to do it all in the same room yes like watch rick and morty for the ten thousandth time <laughs> oh man did i did, did i reintroduce people to rick and morty that time i, I think you introduced i think some people were seeing it for the first time i think that was the whole point i think I you were showed, evangelizing to people I, I i showed a lot of things to people for the first time yeah, apparently that was one of them because, <laughs> uh that and then i think Jeff had never seen Christmas Vacation, maybe, or yeah, it had, I think it that had might been have been why we watched it. Yeah, and um, I introduced a lot of people to Zombies. That, that <laughs> I missed had, that yeah. one. Oh, That's yeah. the one I still have to be. You, yeah, you you looked out. We were waiting on your flight to arrive right. and decided to kill time by watching <laughs> Zombies. And in the same time, uh, we ended up killing brain cells. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man, that was a fun weekend. I can't wait to get back together. Uh, let's see. I guess we're to my number one then, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number one shouldn't come as much of a surprise to anybody. We talked about it last week. Anybody that tuned into last week's episode, you'll. I'm on the edge of my of, seat. I missed last week. <laughs> you'll kind of have an inclination. I mentioned that there would be another reference to Tim Allen, and here mm -hmm. it is. My favorite Christmas movie. It's not the holiday season until I have formed a six pack from laughing at the original <laughs> Santa Claus. I could do without the other two movies. I feel like the original Santa Claus stands on its own two feet pretty darn well. But I just feel like that is one of the perfect encapsulations of family drama meets the holiday spirit meets sarcasm meets slapstick. I mean, it's got everything that I want in a Christmas movie, including the music, you know, playing White Christmas by the Drifters. Anytime I hear it play on the radio, I think of Santa Claus more than I think of Home Alone. It's just one of those things that I gravitate towards that movie. I, I love all the little nuances about Santa Claus that they put in there, like the list, and he has to check it twice. The fact that, you know, he has to... He, he can live his own life, but he has to show up back at the North Pole by, you know, the end of Thanksgiving to kind of get his fares in order. The the different reindeer and the, the Rose Such a Clatter company. There's just all these little Easter eggs that get thrown into that movie that I always end up enjoying. Oh, and I, I think one of my favorite lines is when he makes his first toy delivery, comes back up out of the chimney. Charlie looks at him and goes, how, how did it, how did it feel dad? And he said, it felt like America's most wanted. <laughs> I, just, I, I love, I love nineties, Tim Allen. I love nineties, Tim Allen. I, I do still enjoy him in last man standing, but I think home improvement and the Santa Claus yeah. are two of Tim Allen's finest works. And I, I just really, really enjoy watching that year after year. Love it. All right, now I'm on the edge of my seat, yes. waiting to find out what Ben's got for his number one. I feel like this is pretty predictable, but we'll see. Um, this one has gone back and forth on me, and like I said, I consider It's a Wonderful Life, but I feel like this one, really, like this is the one movie that I look forward to seeing every single year. In fact, I got in the habit of seeing this movie 
I would end up in a, at a certain place near a certain theater where they were playing it um, in 4D. Ooh. Oh, my. And I would actually, like, that was a Christmas tradition for a long time, and I kind of miss it now. But watching Polar Express mm. is the thing to do for me. And I know I, some people seem to throw shade at it for some reason, and I, I get it maybe, but at the same time, I don't really care because I love it. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's really just insane sometimes, but it also it's got a lot of heart and some great music, some great performances from almost all Tom Hanks. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 he's all over that movie. But also some great action too. Just just great. Like it's the really like a thrill ride of a movie. That's taken from like a ten-page book, but it's it's just it's a really fun ride, and you've got a great soundtrack from uh, Alan Silvestri, and all around, I love 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 that movie. That's amazing. I I I'm of the age that like that movie came out when I was a little bit older, and so it's not as much in the tapestry of of my memories right, growing up, right. but the book definitely is. And, like, we definitely read through that book during the holidays and even not during the holidays. But I, we have, you know, like a lot of people, you know, old family home movies back when that was actually a thing. Now it's called just videos on your cell phone and Snapchat and whatever. But, like, back then it was actually a thing and it was special to, like, rent a, like, recorder for VHS and and film things during the holidays. And that's, like some of the only videos I have of my childhood is that. And uh, that book is all over those movies, like in the background or someone's reading it to me or I'm trying to figure out how to read it to somebody. Like, And it's amazing how such a short story and a simple story is, you know, captivated so many people. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, my only memory of the Polar Express book is I think – I briefly stole it from the library. <laughs> what? I think I, I there was a, some incident where I ended up with the book. I took it home and then I just didn't take it back. That's funny. And then I think I was the only one that knew about it. So like I was like, "Hey, I got the book." Like you never took that back. <laughs> what? No. Um, like that's not yours. Um, so yeah, I don't remember actually reading the book. I just remember getting in trouble yeah. because I I never took it back to the library. I still well, hear. I still hear the, hear the bell ringing. It's <laughs> yours now. Plus, who can really hate on Tom Hanks? Oh yeah. I mean, nah, I mean, come can't. on. He's he's the train conductor. He's the hobo slash ghost. He voices the the Scrooge puppet through, uh, through the ghost, and then he's also Santa Claus. Yeah. Like. Who else? Who he else? He nails all those roles too. Who else does he play? Is it only those four? I believe he plays the boy too. I think somehow. Oh, he's the he's the he's the boy narrator. Oh yeah. He's like well, he's like no. it still it still rings true for me yeah. today no, or that kind of thing. Somehow somehow he like the main hero boy. I, somehow he that's his his performance. I don't know how they did it. They must. That's have, him too. I think they must have adjusted. Like they must have, they must have pulled like a Alvin and the Chipmunks on him or something. Mm-hmm. I think the only because he plays the dad too. Oh, I that's don't, true. I think, the only, I think the only characters he doesn't play are like the supporting roles, of course, like the female roles mm-hmm. and like the 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 the, the nerd kid and the stuff bratty like that. brainiac kid. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Ugh. But 
he he and then there's then and then there and then he also there's also steven tyler in there just throwing in there. <laughs> steven tyler the elf you're right oh man yeah. i almost forgot about that abomination <laughs> oh thanks that's that's gonna come on me. it's a great song it's a great song it's a great song but the animation of that particular elf is just like ooh, okay <laughs> I just love the whole world building of like their version of the North Pole. Like it's so yeah, it's so realistic and it's so ridiculous. But it's like, and you have the whole scene where like, oh, we got another one, and they check out this kid. Like, oh, nah, okay, we'll, we'll put him on a check twice next next year. But we're, we want to go to the celebration. There's a lot of cool North Poles in Christmas movies, but that's probably the coolest utopia of the North Pole. <laughs> You're right. If, like, it's if a massive like, city. It's huge. If you like world building at the North Pole, I think you would really like a Christmas horror story. Mm, gotta check oh it out. boy! <laughs> <laughs> Just had to give that one more plug before we call it a night. Uh, we got a couple other elements that we want to get to tonight, but quick reminders for all of you listening that if you want to find other episodes of the IPC podcast, you can find that at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. You can also find episodes on iTunes, on Google Play, and certain episodes are also available online at StarWarsUnderworld.com. So wherever you go, just give us a subscribe, a rate and review so we can know how we can improve upon the show. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. And if you want to become a patron, you can do that at patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC Podcast. One other element that we got to do tonight, we had a devilishly hard time trying to come up with a quote of the night. <laughs> really, really hard. But here's the angle that we're going to go with is uh, it, 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 it has snow and uh, baby, it's, it's cold outside. That's that's for sure. Uh, and it came out when like December 15th or something like that. Is that when this movie came out? I think so. I believe it came out the 14th or the 15th. And so it, it released right around the Christmas time. So we're classifying it as a Christmas movie. And it's just it's a, it's a classic line in a classic moment that is just very, very tangible and very nostalgic for a lot of fans of this series. Tonight's quote of the night doesn't come from Frosty the Snowman. It doesn't come from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It doesn't even come from Die Hard. No, we're going to pull at the thread that says Star Wars The Force Awakens is actually a Christmas movie. That's right. Without further ado, please enjoy tonight's Quote of the Night. The flooding tunnel's over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Come on. It's a Christmas movie, I'm telling you. <laughs> it is! It is! It's official! It is officially a Christmas movie because we deemed it a Christmas movie on today's holiday special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just went there, and now I want to go watch the movie again. Thanks a lot. Marathon time. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you. I, I We're, we're going to be doing like a, a year-long marathon discussing the entire universe leading up to episode 9. 2019 oh. is going to be 
epic yes. here on IPC. Believe me, you're going to want to stick around for that. And you're going to want to stick around for this one other fantastic segment that we've got. We do it every week, so I'm not going to put any pretense on it. Get out your hashtags, ladies and germs. It's time for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. Barbecue. I know what I'd like to do for next week's BBQ Watch, because I know we're running short on time tonight. But uh, for all of you that are loyal listeners, we will be checking in on that hashtag on next week's episode. Mark it down. We're going to be checking in on you to see just how much you are using that hashtag on social media. There will be three hosts, so we'll have three people checking all three different platforms to see who's been talking about Barbecue Watch over the course of 2018. Uh, but tonight, I want to talk to you guys about something that's rather near and dear to my heart, mostly because I had it for lunch this afternoon, and I started thinking, how can I barbecueify this properly without using sauce? Ooh. Okay? Here's the catch. I want to make a pizza that tastes like barbecue, that reminds me of barbecue, without using the cliche slapping some barbecue sauce on it. How would you guys propose I go about doing that? That's intriguing. No. That is when you when you go to places like CC's or California Pizza Kitchen when they talk about having a barbecue pizza, it's usually like maybe bacon bits or something yeah. like that and then they throw some barbecue sauce on it. Like they drizzle it almost like a chocolate syrup that goes on your cake or something. So here's the thing. I think you would need to include toppings on it that you typically would have associated with barbecue. Like uh, I, I uh, barbecue chicken is always a good option. Okay. Um, and then uh, things that are associated with barbecue, like coleslaw, I, I feel like is associated with barbecue. Um, so you could throw maybe some coleslaw on, on the pizza. I like where you're going. I, uh, uh, here's, here's the thing. If you, if you put something like coleslaw or potato salad on it, do you put it on after you cook the pizza? Because it's supposed to be cold. I don't think I could eat like a heated coleslaw off of a pizza. Hmm. Weird. It, it, yeah. it would be different. I like, I like the route that you were going with, with the barbecue chicken. Yeah. What about baked beans? Is that too messy to put on a pizza? Because I'm also thinking about our vegetarian friends out there, like you, Chris. Mm-hmm. I know that like barbecue chicken wouldn't necessarily be something that's up your avenue. But well, what about something? Just wait that's, till my segment. <laughs> that's, that's barbecue related, mm-hmm. but not exactly something cold. Our friend George in the chat says, "I don't think you can." To be honest, George, I want to prove you wrong, my friend. <laughs> I want to find something that will remind me of barbecue, and maybe it's like a combination of things. Maybe you put the beans on first and get them hot on the pizza with a certain type of cheese. Maybe you change up the type of cheese that you put on there. Instead of mm-hmm. instead of Parmesan, you're putting something more like, I don't know, Colby or sharp cheddar or something yeah. like that on it. And instead of 
classic tomato sauce, you're putting something that's more heavy on on the rub side of things. Like instead of oregano, you're putting some barbecue rubs into the sauce. Mm-hmm. Something something along those lines to try and integrate that flavor without being cliche about overuse of the sauce. Ben, you work in a barbecue restaurant and you've been kind of quiet on this segment. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I don't know. It, it is like there is plenty of things like you could do like you could do different kinds of sausage. Um okay. you could do mm-hmm. you know naturally you do barbecue sauce, you could do any kind of barbecue meat. Um you could do I don't know. It it it, it would be Certain sides, I guess. I don't know. I could, beans would be weird on. Pizza. <laughs> okay, just shoot down my idea then. <laughs> I, I've never even imagined this before, so now I'm kind of curious how this would actually taste. Right. But uh, I don't know. Like, I think I think definitely any of the meats would be good, and you can mix some other like non barbecue stuff, like non traditional stuff. You could put in some, you know, grilled vegetables like that mm. on it. I oh, I think, I think it, it would. Yeah, it would kind of act. Yeah, a little bit like better. a shish kebab, but on a pizza. I'd be okay with yeah. that. Yeah, I'd be yeah. okay with That's that. That's exactly. Huh. So my first thought was based off of when I went to um, this AMC dining theater with my buddy Armando, and uh, it's it's one of the best dining theater experiences I've ever had. Mostly because I love their barbecue brisket fries. It's mm. got all these other toppings that, that go on top of the bed of fries. And I'm thinking, what if we took some of those toppings and put them on a pizza instead? So I'm uh-huh. thinking diced brisket. Yes. I'm thinking fried jalapenos. I am thinking a sour cream sauce. Interesting. I'm thinking uh, chive instead of onion. Mm. And you could put some diced grilled vegetables on there yeah. as well. Yeah. And some uh, some some queso cheese or some sharp cheddar cheese or something like that mm-hmm. to to sprinkle on top and kind of sandwich it onto the pizza a little bit. That way, the bite yeah. that you're taking into is going to be like like a cheesy, gooey top and maybe like a more rub based sauce underneath. And right in the middle, you've got those elements that go on the brisket fries, but it's on a pizza dough instead. Interesting. Cool. That sounds great. Sounds and now great. I'm getting hungry, and I, I want know. to eat this this pizza of mine this, that I've got sitting out. I got not Ooh. an opportune time of the day to be thinking about these things. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's getting late, so we probably do need to call it a night. But before we do that, thank you, big big thank oh, you. Oh, hey, wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 really, really quick, really quick. Chris had a spe- he made you, a special you had request. A, you had a segment set up for this, didn't you? This is why yes. I'm here. <laughs> You're here just for the barbecue. You weren't here for the top five. I was informed later of that. Okay. Well, I'm, and then I'm, Avengers sweeten things. I'm 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 really curious now. What? Uh, All what right. So it's it's been that? it's been a while it's been a while since I've been on the show. So obviously I've tried a lot of stuff All right. since then. And uh, as as you mentioned before, Zach, you know, uh, last time. I was in Texas. Y'all found out that I was trying out vegetarianism. And now I am in the full vegan mode. So I'm like super hardcore about not incorporating animal products into my food. And the only reason why I can physically do this is because barbecue sauce is vegan. That's literally the only reason. (laughs) Really? Um, But 
here's the thing being in living in LA an area that is very forward thinking when it comes to experimenting with food and coming up with new ideas uh, I seem to be at the center of the movement to create a barbecue space for vegan food and it seems kind of like an oxymoron because when barbecue and meat from animals kind of go hand in hand when you think about it but it, 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 those two things don't have to go together because obviously barbecue sauce is vegan and there are things that you can make with barbecue sauce or things that you can make that are the same types of dishes that you'd make with meat that are made with other things that aren't meat or aren't cheese or aren't animal products. So I've tried many, many vegan barbecue products uh, over the past year. And uh, some of them I've been absolutely amazed by. There's been a lot of duds, but some of them I've been amazed by. They, they have come very close to perfecting a plant-based burger patty here. Uh, they have things like the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger that are pretty close to being vegan and are make for some really amazing barbecue-themed burger sandwiches. Uh, there's barbecue chicken that's made from plants, uh, things like soy. Uh, that's pretty decent that they're starting to roll out in certain restaurants here as a vegetarian vegan alternative. Uh, and then the one thing that I want to highlight specifically for this segment is something that I found that absolutely amazed me, which is a pulled pork sandwich that was made not with pork, but with jackfruit, which is a very meaty textured fruit that when prepared in a certain way is almost indistinguishable from pork, especially when there's a lot of seasonings and sauces added to it like you would have in your typical pulled pork um, uh, meal. So I had this at a vegan restaurant uh, in LA called The Vegan Joint, and uh, it was absolutely incredible. I would not say that it rivals the taste of the pulled pork sandwiches at Ben's restaurant, and I don't think they've gotten to that point <laughs> yet. But it's pretty darn close um, and uh, absolutely amazing. And I'm just very curious to see just over the coming years as people figure out things in the lab, you know, just how much more we're going to get with perfecting vegan barbecue and and just how many more types of barbecued things uh, are going to be available uh, at restaurants and in, in, in the supermarket. Um, for people that want plant-based food, but also want that amazing barbecue flavor. That's really fascinating. See, I, I had heard that pulled jackfruit was in the works, and I, I may mm -hmm. have heard it from your roommate Clarice when we had her on the show a yeah. few months ago. Uh, Y'all probably frequent similar establishments, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that it had gotten that far into it. Like for for the most part, I found it. If you want if you want something vegan in Texas, you kind of have to go to like an Indian restaurant or something like that. Like you you really have to have to try pretty hard to try and find something. So it's it's definitely got to try and like gradually work its way east, but I would not be surprised if that starts showing up in like more regular menus because jackfruit from from what I've heard is not that difficult to grow. Oh. And 
So if, if, it, if it's that easy to grow and that easy to, to produce and put into meal options, it would not surprise me if we started seeing those. I think there's a place, um, I think it's called Twisted Root. Interesting. Yeah, there's there's a place called Twisted Root that, that's a burger establishment. And from what I've heard from my vegetarian friends, they make an amazing black bean burger. Oh, I love those. But that's about the closest thing to like vegetarian slash vegan yeah. options that I can think of off the top of my head. See, here's the thing is now it's like Frankenstein stuff. It's like stuff that like you're like, how does this exist? Like there's been multiple times where I've picked things apart to inspect them thinking somebody was fooling me and actually serving me meat. <laughs> like the, the Impossible Burger is just shockingly close to the, the every quality that an actual burger patty would have. That's wow. fascinating. Well... You might have to uh, take us to this place so that we can mm-hmm. give a, a full-on review whenever we make it out to California next. Yes. I, I will say with uh, fair certainty that I would like to try out Galaxy's Edge at some point, preferably I... the closer to its opening rather than later. So mm-hmm. who knows uh, if yeah. if you're in a if you're in a place to host people, I may try and sneak my way out there and, and sneak my way into Galaxy's Edge <laughs> just to tour the Millennium Falcon and uh, sample some of the cuisine that exists out in that part of the world. Heck yes. Oh, heck yeah. Um, ben, any thoughts? Um, All of that is awesome. Galaxy's Edge and vegan stuff. <laughs> barbecue. The, the moment oh, that, that Ben's actually able to sell vegan barbecue products in Texas, or not in Texas, in Mississippi, we know we've we've made it. Uh, you you just have to you just have to classify it as a pulled pork sandwich and not tell anybody <laughs> differently. Not tell anybody. <laughs> and they'll just say, "Oh, it tastes a little different." And it's like, "Yeah, we just had a different batch of meat this 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 week, or something like that." <laughs> and <clears throat> maybe people just won't know the difference. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but Chris, it's a it's a pleasure as always having you on the show. Uh, it's definitely been long overdue, and uh, we apologize for that. But also a, a big thank you for being able to catch us. Uh, right before we sign off for 2019, we've only got next week's episode, and then uh, uh, 2019 is when we're going to be starting the show back up again. We always take a hiatus for the for the holidays and then to kind of get in gear for the new year. So uh, we're glad that we were able to get you in before 2019 got off and running. Yeah, thank you so much. And no, no fault of you guys. I've been invited in my fair share of shows that I've been just not able to make because of scheduling. So I'm just really glad that I had a Friday night off and a bunch of really fun topics to talk about. Uh, had such such a blast on the show. Where can the folks at home keep up with you when they're not listening to IPC? Follow me on social media at Seek3PO, which Mr. Zach Arnold coined himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still proud of that one. I, 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 I wish I wish my name was that clever, but no. <laughs> Go find me at Zach Z A C underscore D F W on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on a couple other platforms as well, but those are probably the two biggest ones that you can find me at. Um, and I'll always be on the IPC Twitter and Facebook pages as well if you just want to catch me on there. If you want to have like more person to person contact, then reach out to us and let us know about joining the Peacekeeper Corps. We're going to try and revamp that for 2019 as well. So there's definitely a lot of stuff in the works here at IPC. Ben, where can the folks at home find you on social medias? They can find me at Ben Hart with no E, exactly how it sounds, on uh, on a social media. My, my current my twer- Twitter name is 
Ben Hart with no end game, um, <laughs> which 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 defers my uh, current mood right now. Nice. But yeah, I'm I've been tweeting a lot about uh, that trailer today. So uh, if you want if you want endless amounts of that, go follow me. Yeah, I mean, I gave a few thoughts on it, mostly uh, satire. So if you enjoy sarcasm, then go follow me because I can be pretty sarcastic sometimes. <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, I do believe. That's all she wrote for this episode of the IPC Boom. podcast. Let's Boom. let's go ahead and put this one to bed. I'm calling it. Episode 217 is now officially in the books. For Chris Siegel and Ben Hart, I am Zach Arnold. Thank you for tuning in. We'll hope that you tune in to next week's show. But until then, we just want to leave you with this closing thought. Balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. We hope that you'll tune in with us next week right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the highest. Those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the Scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time. Yes, the most wonderful time, oh, the most wonderful time.